Previously on Perfect Weekly. And welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is Ryan. I'm Jen. I'm Lady Chi. And I'm Jen's mom. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We would never ever say Snape scathed. We would say Snape said scathingly. 640,000 years ago, that third of America blew up. Boys and girls, <laughs> there's a thing called erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, but there's also a thing called Vitrificus Totalis. So. Perfect Weekly, not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> do you own a pig? No, but I do have a goat. Really? We don't have a lawnmower. What's the goat's name? Bernard. Oh my god, I'm not gonna lie. I have to I have no idea what's going on. Somebody explain to me what just happened. Have you been here the whole time? <laughs> I've been here the whole time, but I can't remember what was just said. <laughs> oh my goodness. Poor Bernard was struck and killed by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> okay, you guys are the ones who obviously laugh during people's funerals. I wore a really big hat. And I run after my car. <laughs> I've just finished taking a test on what's your seduction style. I have got to take that test. I don't know what that noise was that came out of Gambin's mouth. But I think it caused some women in the audience to become infertile. Oh, I love the social intercourse so varied. It gets me so excited for the guy this is like the Manhattan Project. Superman is Moses. Honestly, don't you people read? Okay, oh, the two Superman people. Superman is not Moses. Moses Here's depended on Aaron. See, Batman depends on Robin. If you're going to be Moses, <laughs> Moses, 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 the guy that was like lost Moses. in the desert for like 40 years, that just okay. finds fire confidence <laughs> and crime-fighting ability. There's like auditoriums with movies that you can go in and sit and watch, not while on the toilet. There's no way we have wank. We don't care enough about the fans of to have wank. We'll take offense to this guy. You guys are the most dysfunctional of the people. These are really stupid people. Like, I have a lot to learn from these people. And now, Potterfic Weekly. Oh, you were going to come to Texas? I was going to come to Texas. Why? <laughs> no, I meant that. I'm honestly curious. I didn't mean that in a bad way. No, no, no. <laughs> like, is there something going on here that I should know about? That's what I meant. Oh, you are man. bad people. Oh, well, you could come stay with me. I'll show you around Texas. <laughs> I would like to come to Texas one time, but we'll see. It's really flat. <laughs> Jen, I think people are nervous <laughs> when you say, come stay with me. No, I live in civilization now. It's different. Did you say last week that the tattoo people could kill you at any time? I'm sorry, Jen. Uh, nothing is flatter than Indiana. <laughs> oh, great. I don't know. Texas is pretty flat. big and flat. You know what I think is flattest? And I'm going to step in because she's not here. I think Kansas is probably flatter. Kansas is pretty flat. Well, parts of it, because whenever you say Texas is flat, Jules has no idea what the hell you're talking about. Wait, I have a question. Is she in Kansas or Kansas City? She's um, in, her parents are in Kansas City. She's in Manhattan. Is Kansas City yes. in Kansas? It's in no. Manhattan. Yes. Kansas. In Missouri. It's Kansas in City both. is flatter, isn't it? I think it's on the, it's on the border. border. It's on the border. And I think it's most of it is in the map. I know the airport Kansas City's got two dots. I think they've moved it. There is one dot they in Missouri. Independent. <laughs> and there is one dot in actual Kansas. Well, I was I listening to that episode, it. and I'm like, holy crap, she's been from Missouri all this time. No, no, it's, it's like Niagara Falls is half in America and half in Canada. There's no, but nobody in that movie has a Baltimore accent except for, um, Okay. I was like, the accents didn't sound like they're from Baltimore. Well, I love Kevin. I love the movies where they try and have Bostonian accents, and they always lose them halfway through the movie. Like Kevin Costner and um, was it Kevin Costner in Thirteen Days? He's like, get the newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, it worked for me. <laughs> well, I love when people try and pronounce town. Whenever you go in the movies, they try and like this towns around me like Gloucester, Woburn, and Haverhill, which is where Danielle's from. They always pronounce them Gloucester, Woburn, and Haverhill. I don't get Worcester. Worcester. You no, know, because I part of my job I deal with the Worcester area, and it's spelled W O R C E S T E R, and it's pronounced Worcester. Someone sent me a letter the other day, and they spelled it W I S T I R. And I'm Lister. staring at this. Yeah, I'm staring at it for an hour trying to figure out what the hell they're talking about. I'm like, oh, what's the what's the <laughs> Amelia is covering Baltimore. Where'd you put my dot in? <laughs> Why are you typing? Where did you put my dot? As you're saying, where did you put my dot? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, when I started, P.S. the arrows, the arrows. P.S. Um, arrow points to Cambridge in Massachusetts, and Amelia is covering the word Baltimore because she must be. Like, I don't know, Ali's covering something as well. I have a question. Is my dot directly to the right of PS's dot? No. No, it's a Because I'm not sure that I knew exactly where you were, so I think I just pointed you to the... Oh, there's Worcester. I found Worcester. Okay, I am... I live in in the suburbs. Hold on, what, Jen? Where are we looking at? Somebody send me the dot. No, Jen 2 mailed Keza a map of the United States with dots according to the houses of where everyone on PFW is located. So like a really gigantic uh, map. Yeah, so you're like a purple dot in Texas, and now I'm like... No, 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 no. She's, she's a blue a, dot. She's a blue, blue one. She's a blue dot. Why? Because I'm Ravenclaw? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see it. That sounds awesome. So I'm... Take a picture. I'll take a picture. <laughs> how, many people, how many people are in Texas? Two, Not you me. and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. It's in Massachusetts, this so is the tiny one in the corner. No, I should be above PS and to the right a little bit. She's like 10 miles from me. Yeah, you're above PS. And Danielle should be directly but I, above. But I'm not in the right place. They said they put me in Cambridge. You're near Cambridge. Oh, no. But well, see, where I are you? Um, right I'm, next in, to I'm in the suburbs. <laughs> oh, you are so on Well, that's about that detailed. It's a really big map. I don't really think it's on the map, is it? PS. It's on the map. The map is a wall map. <laughs> it's a wall map of the state, so it doesn't oh, have so suburbs on I, yes, yeah. where are you? Are you in the? You're in Boston, right? Or are you? I say Boston. You've been in Boston all this time. Huh? I am four That's minutes not- from you. <laughs> that is frightening. Are you serious? Yes, I'm in the colonies. You're the next I was, town I over. My, I bought my maps not big enough for that. The colonies. Boston. No, no. I, I live next to the Best Buy. Yes, I could probably walk and meet you right now. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm not going to ask you where you live because you'll have to walk around with a paper bag over your head, but are you near the train station? Not particularly. Why are you talking like that now? That was British. Particularly. <laughs> no, See, there's some word, like, I guess I associate that with a British person because I said, like, particularly. Hold on, P.S. will know where I am now. Do you ever come to the colonies near Christmas time? Do you know the guy who has the lights? I've spent one Christmas here. Okay. Are you familiar with the colonies? Christmas lights? No. Okay. Well, in that case, you're living a very healthy <laughs> life. All right. <laughs> I love the fact that we're doing a podcast together and you're literally four feet from my house. Okay. What is the... Are you Googling... The colonies. Yes, I'm there. The colonies. Has world-famous... Which I didn't know were here until I was 11. I don't know what they are either. I saw I saw them, and I, 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 I tried to read the sign, but it went by too fast. Back when Columbus, you know, <laughs> fa- found America, there were... Columbus here, apparently. I have no idea. How were they here before anyone was here? I don't know. I can't believe you were... The Great Pyramids. This morning, I'm very... I'm very... 
I'm gonna be like walking around now all paranoid because PS knows what I look like. <laughs> this is, this is, That's this funny. Is somewhat frightening. I'll look for the person with the USB microphone. It's okay. 45 degrees Fahrenheit there. Thank you, Jen. I know. <laughs> You're <welcome>. <laughs> <laughs> really that cold? It really is cold. Have you not been out? You're cold. It's I just got home. It didn't feel that cold to me. I was just wearing a sweatshirt. Okay. I'm very. Maybe there's like a cloud between us. You know, I'm actually keeping my voice down now because I know PS is in the next town. Okay, let's start. Start. It what smells so terrible. It smells like paint because the people next door moved out, so they have to paint their apartment. Well, now I have friends who live in oh, cool. and I'm going to go and visit them in a couple weeks. That would be great if they were like your next door neighbor. This could be fascinating. All right, what were we saying? Do your friends speak English? Yes. And they're not my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Scott, where do you live? Canada. <laughs> I love oh, how he does no. the whole country. I'm in Canada. Like, it doesn't, like, it's so general. Or specifically, Saskatchewan. America. I'm a Canadian. More specific than that, about in the middle of the province. How do you spell that? <laughs> it's Scott Center of Saskatchewan. Did you say Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. Oh, y'all say it like you know what that is. You know what it is. Wow. Saskatchewan. Okay, I see where it is, though, because you have a yellow line, don't you, Scott? You're over there. Kezo! Oh my gosh, there's a Ravenclaw who lives, like, right next to me. Who's Ray? Oh, Ray! That's not her name, though. Well, that's what she has up on her um, tag. Oh, that's so cool. I want to get a hold of him. It's a her, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And be like, hi, we live in the same place. Okay, is one of the blue people in California, is Can that Rob? Can you call them Ravenclaws? They are not the blue people, and Rob is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Madam's deputy headmistress who knows what's Who's- going on. <laughs> oh, this is a idea. really cool thing, Keza. I want it. Is- it. <laughs> it's awesome! <laughs> I want to go and buy a map now for this my This is kid. helpful for Jen, because she doesn't know where any of the states are, so it's I know. a twofer. You know, I took one of those tests that, to see if you could name all 50 states in, like, 30 my, seconds. I gave you that test. You couldn't even find Texas. I know. <laughs> the question is, which side has the Sonic? What? What? The what? <laughs> like the hedgehog? No! <laughs> God. <laughs> it's only the best restaurant ever. Oh, we don't. Oh, so, I know those, but we don't have them. I only okay. know them for vacation. They have lots of embassies. There's little bits of every country in DC. Because I went down that road and I was like, I'm in China. I'm in Russia. <laughs> like it was really. Jen was almost arrested in the Chinese embassy. <laughs> I know. She had to be extradited as a war criminal. Okay. Well, I went into the. Oh, what was it? The paper Smithsonian. The letter Smithsonian. There's the one no with way all they the call it that. <laughs> the one with all the letters and, and the Declaration of Independence. The archives? Oh, there. Yeah, the archive. Thank well you. Done, and <laughs> and I got escorted out because I was chewing gum. <laughs> the rest of my life will be now, oh, I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, do you live near P.S.? Yes, in fact, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, driving through is- today. This is like freaky. I'm going to drive through now with like my head down looking around. Like, where is there? All I can think now is, hi, I'm Ryan, and I live next to Best Buy. <laughs> I do. 
I do. say that to my mother goes to the right next to Best Buy. I live thirty. I live right up the hill. Oh, there's a next to Best Buy. Yeah, when you walk into Best Buy, why am I giving you direct? Yes, when you walk into Best Buy, there's <laughs> directly next to it. Oh, I noticed that. I thought there was like a stuffed animal store. No, and there's like a hold on. You uh, went to right? Yes. Well, there's stuffed people. No, in no, there. no. When you're walking in from the outside, when you're walking. Oh, uh, I, I didn't go in from the outside because that's. Um, is it Macy's? I don't know. I just found out today Filene's is closed, so I don't go to the mall too often. Plus, I don't go to the mall anyway because I don't want to be shot, so it works out well for me. <laughs> oh, if you're going to be shot, I'm not going to go to the mall anymore. You won't go to the mall if I get shot? That's very good. No, I'm saying if you're afraid of being shot, I won't go either. Well, I probably oh, wow, that's shot, even shot. better. <laughs> I won't be shot shot. I mean, I do order a lot of stuff online, but we should start the podcast now. Oh, by the way, can I just point out, I love... Bob King of Squirrels, or whatever the hell his damn name is. Bob the Squirrel Bob I was like, where did he come from? What are you Took a shot at me in the forum, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere... In recognition of honorable, loyal, and faithful service, Madam President, Admiral of the Colonial Fleet, ladies and gentlemen... Bob King of Squirrels, to, like, lay the smack down and defend me. He's, like, your secret protector. You need to change your... Saying to Squirrel Bob is my hero. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I'm willing to date you. <laughs> I'm looking him up to see how many, how long has he been here? I don't know. Well, he he's came on new. Twenty-one and he started a whole game in the Ravenclaw Carmen room, and he's never here. He's only got twenty-one posts. He was here before I was here, and then he just came out of nowhere and just slammed this guy. I'm like, yeah, Bob. And I'm like, who are you? This is in the forums. <laughs> Wait, his name isn't Squirrel Bob. Is no, it Bob it's, Squirrel? It's Bob the Squirrel King. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought you were being facetious. No, his name is Bob. No, I know where it comes name. Bob the Squirrel oh, King. I was like looking under S's. Okay. His, okay. His na- he's but, been here for 21 posts. Why would we like give him a facetious name? Oh, Bob, Thomas, Squirrel <laughs> Why King. Why would I mock Bob Squirrel King? He defended me. He, wait, he has a website called The Potato Game. It's about okay. potatoes. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Y'all. Okay, here is a link to Bob the Squirrel King's potato website. <laughs> and I want to point out, Jen, Bob Squirrel King defended you as well. And we were defended by Bob the Squirrel King. Funny. It's like you expect to be defended by somebody you know. Go, Bob the Squirrel Freaking King. I imagine this, I'm not joking, but I imagine this little squirrel with a crown with a little, little going, you get it, I'll get you. <laughs> I feel like want now. I really want to make a picture of Bob the Squirrel King, and I'm gonna have me, and he. I'm gonna be swooning, and he's gonna be saving me, and he, and I'm gonna have music under it going. I am the key, or what? Something like Mighty Mouse or something. Here I come to save the day. Jen, you want to give him the fourth hosting slot? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan, and I'm Jen, I'm Lady J, and I'm Bob, King of Squirrels. I wonder if he has, like, a squirrel-like voice, like, if it's more like the chipmunks. Jen, Jen do you think I'm actually plaid? What? I don't care, Jen, do you I'm think like... I'm actually plaid? He's like Alvin. Yes, do you wear plaid? What? Do you wear plaid? No, it's a joke, oh my god. I will be just... Dis- well, I'm disappointed being... now, I pictured you in plaid all the time. Silly. What? I, I pictured people hey, playing plaid. Hey, for, 
I was 14 years old, and I was being silly and random, and now I'm stuck with it for the rest of my life. <laughs> Jen, Jen, you can go and leave him a message in the common room. He's surfaced. He's Wait, playing the potato game. Oh, I'm sending him a message. <laughs> me too. Can I just like, be like, he I hasn't know. been on the whole time that I've been on Puffalo, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden, Wait. he's just surfaced. It's like having Don't a brand I... new Ravenclaw. Under, it's like a new plaything. <laughs> yeah, Wait, we're okay. Ryan, what thread did he defend us in? Because I'm about to make a new thread called Bob the Squirrel King is my hero. And people can contribute. Then, but uh, then you... you d- what? what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just come out and say that. What is the guy that attacked you going to say? Chad has a Gary Chad has Tourette. What? I don't even know the guy. I don't know either of them. What? <laughs> the hell with the podcast. We're never going to get this damn thing done. Go, go to... S Q E. R-E-L? Yeah. Yes. Okay, thank you. We're going to do like a four-minute <laughs> podcast. Who liked chapter one? I'll show of hands. Bob, King of Squirrels, is online. <laughs> oh, my no, God. Hold on. I'm sticky threading my topic of how he, <laughs> he's going like, to be like they're stalking me. He's going to go here and post because I just said freaking awesome. Bob. No, don't PM him. Write him in the thread that I created, Ryan. I have to be impartial, Jennifer. No, Ryan, no! <laughs> Can I just say my new favorite forum member? Bob and Squirrel I don't King. know how, well, besides Bob the Squirrel King, my hero, it has to be, I don't know how to say her name. I guess it's a new way to say sweet. S-U-E, because it's Sue at, or Sue at, it's Sue at Duck's Foot. I love Sue. Sue in the beginning didn't even know how to post. Sue didn't even oh, post the guy. I love Sue. Sue's awesome. Because she has, me and her have PM'd all this week, and she's freaking awesome. She is. And she's listened to all of our episodes. I don't think I can even say that. Jen hasn't listened to the second season yet. I listened to the season premiere thing. You haven't heard Peoncast yet, though, Jen. I haven't. You, <gasps> I didn't know what podcasts were. Brian, I hate you. time you're feeling jealous of me cause I'm so famous and awesome at Quidditch just remember that time that we took you to Slughorn's office and you nearly drank yourself to death but I saved your Welcome back to Fatherfic Weekly. Take three. <laughs> this is Ryan. I'm Jen. I'm P.S. I'm Kaza. I'm Jen too, and I'm better than Jen. No, you're not. <laughs> and I'm Scott, and I'm not getting into that argument. That's right, because Scott is Canadian, and Scott knows I'm staying out of this one. I just pissed off Canada. I don't know why I just did that. Okay, we're having some issues with this episode, everybody. Oh, why do I keep hearing drums? <laughs> There's no drums. I'm hearing, like, a tambourine or something. There's no tambourine. <laughs> I haven't touched my volume control. Uh, okay. It's not like a tambourine, you lying little Texan. Lying <laughs> little Texan. All right. We're, all right, we just did the sign. Okay, here we go. I'm Jen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's just start the damn podcast over. And you nearly drank your 
I'm Jen too, and no, you're not. And I'm Scott. I thought Scott would have something witty after I am Scott. Like, I'm, <laughs> I am Scott. Canadian, and we rule you all, or something. Scott, go, in fact. Go. Hello, computer. <laughs> 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 Jen just saw Star Trek Born. She thinks it was hilarious. Welcome to the podcast of Doom. Welcome to the podcast of Doom. This is the third time we have tried to record this podcast, everybody. Now, the first time we all got together, P.S. was there. I remember Scott being there. She was. It, we all got together, and it was a wonderful podcast. Until Jen said hello. I am not watching Orioles in a small window while we're podcasting. You're not watching what in a small what while you're what? Hello. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so upset right now. Okay. In everyone that... just went silent as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> when Jen gets angry, Scott gets deaf. Okay, Scott, can you hear us? I can hear you. Someone else besides me talk. Can you hear me, Scott? Yeah. Jen, mm-hmm. are you still here? I can't hear anything. <laughs> I'm so upset. I made everybody awkward. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was very awkward. Jim was crying as her. <laughs> but then, never fear, we tried to do a special Peoncast edition of our podcast with P.S., Mike, and Scott. It worked wonderfully. Hello? P.S., I hear you. Can you hear me? You but you're breaking me. up again. You're, I hear that staticky thing, and now I don't hear you. You're gone. Oh, yep, you're back. the next thing I the next You're thing back, I was going to say was, thank God I'm a country boy. Oh, I hear you again, P.S. You disappeared. Now Scott's gone. Are you still here, P.S.? Talk if you're here. You're gone too, P.S. I'm all alone again with Ryan, who also can't talk, actually. So I'm the only one who can talk. And now tonight we have decided Jen and I weren't supposed to be here, but we're here, and she was supposed to be here, and she's not here, and the peons have come to help us, and tonight is turning out to be a very low-key, very relaxing evening, and I think everything's going to be just fine, because I'm sure nothing bad has happened to Jen today. (laughs) Jen? Right, right. Nothing bad ever. I was actually having a really good day. So good, in fact, that Ryan and I, who previously were like, yeah, we can't tonight. We're so busy. We can't podcast. To where we were being snarky, and we finally were like, you know what? It's perfect timing for podcasting. So, Anyway, I was hurrying home so that I could hurry to the studio so that I could podcast because everything goes in order that way. And today I told Ryan, I was like, I got to feed my dogs and then I'm going to go to the studio and I'll meet you there. So anyway, I had gotten a 30-pound bag of dog food. You know how they come in those massive bags because they're cheaper that way? Yeah. So it was in my back seat. So I like get it out. And I don't know if any of you are very strong, but 30 pounds. <laughs> I was this little person like under this big bag, like huffing and puffing. Anyway, so I shut my door, and the end of the bag catches in the door, and it rips, and my dog food just lands <laughs> on my driveway. So I don't have a broom yet. All we have is one of those vacuum things. You know what I'm talking about for hardwood floors? They're the vacuum, a vacuum sweeper. cleaner? No, not a vacuum cleaner. The vacuum sweeper thing. A dust mop? No. Like they have it's in the restaurant. It's a vac plus. It's supposed to be a vacuum plus a broom, and they're called vac sweeper or something like that. 
Anyway. I don't know. We don't have stuff like that up in Massachusetts. Up here, we just have vacuum cleaners. But carry on. You put the new pad on the bottom and you squish it in the a hole. A Swiffer? Before. I have a, a Swiffer. You yes, tried to clean up 30 pounds of dog food with a Swiffer? No, I was saying I couldn't because that's all I have. So I went and got a leaf rake. <laughs> and so I'm leaf raking my dog food I on my... I for I'm, 10 minutes. I know, and I'm hurrying because I'm like, crap, crap, crap. They're going to start without me. I'm like rushing. And my neighbor, who is this 100-year-old poor little Mexican guy, comes over. <laughs> and he's like, hola, hola. Oh, no, this happened to me all the time. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, really? You dropped dog feet all over your yard, whatever. But he bends over to help me, and I'm just terrified he's going to break something, like a knee or – I don't know. He's, like, wobbly. Anyway, so he gets on his knees, and he starts – I bring the bucket that we keep the dog fit in around the house. We're putting it – we're using our hands. This is pitiful. And so we're using our hands. We're putting in the dog fit. Well, he loses his wedding ring. <gasps> no. And Yes, he's like, oh no, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, my my wife, and I was like, oh no, so I'm like, crap. So we look everywhere that I'm like raking the dog food around so that I can see his wedding ring. It's not anywhere. So finally, I end up dumping the whole thing of dog food that we just shovel into the thing because I couldn't find it. And finally, we found it. And he was like, oh, I better go home. So I'm left to like do it all by myself again. Like, thanks. Thanks. I left you alone for like five minutes. I know. It was like ten minutes. I was so... You should have heard the profanities. It was not pretty. Well, we were pretty snarky <laughs> this evening. As we were here. We wouldn't be here if we weren't this... snarky. We were making death jokes, everybody. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. It was very bad. It, it was very... Stop making death jokes. I'm sorry. I was helping. I was being dramatic. Well, you're helping very much. Okay. So... I love how Gen 2 has, like, a million notes for every chapter. I have, like, a few inches of notes, and I thought I was prepared for class. Well, there is a reason for that, P.S. Gen 2 is drunk. Crap. She does that every chapter. I thought I was doing good just my general... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen's like, I read the right thing. I was declaring victory. The hell? Like, the American is a bastard. I... I said that you know, too, except I had to spell it the way she says it, because else I say Atreides. Well, I finally had to stop typing my notes because I got in trouble for typing. Well, it's okay. I'm just trying. I'm like, why am I here typing? Can we t- and also, Ginny's boss, I keep saying Viridian. Cause, cause Viridian. <laughs> I just read it as Viridian because I knew him. That's why well, I just did. You hear did Jen, you notice like, my notes above? I love the my power notes of for- Jen. She's like, Viridian, I know him. I know. <laughs> My notes for chapter one say, "Stupid boss, Graham Bearden," not to be confused with Viridian. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're a dry ass. Her notes. My notes are just like just saying what I think. <laughs> oh my god! Can I just read Gen 2's chapter? Super Jenny returns to the land of the living. What the hell is the point of the first two paragraphs? <laughs> 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 is a dry asshole, despite the other's attempts to make him seem otherwise. Susan makes shitty potions. And A squared. Annoying American asshole. Could air A squared. Romilda is a bitch news at all. The Gonica wants wants Harry? Jenny still loves Harry. Harry still loves Jenny. He's <laughs> <laughs> like Sprite. <laughs> what the hell is the boy in the forest too, America? What is Bastet the Wonder Cat? Susan's cat. Gen 2, resume typing. Resume typing, Gen 2. Resume typing, please. 
So tonight we are starting a brand new fic, and I say that with no emotion in my voice whatsoever because we have tried to record this podcast nine times already, so we've been through <laughs> this once before. So we're going to try this a little bit differently tonight. We have all of the peons here, we have two-thirds of the hosts here, and that ain't bad. And We're all here tonight, and we are so excited to start talking about The Coven of Echoes by either H. Whimsy or Whimsy or however we're pronouncing it today. We love you very much. We'll talk to you in four weeks. We just have no earthly idea how to pronounce that's your name. So what we are going to do for the first six chapters tonight, which we have all read for this podcast, which again, for us, pretty big deal, is we are going to, instead of just jumping into the main themes, instead of jumping into a discussion of Harry and Ginny, the untold story, what we're going to do is we are actually going to read our notes out loud to you and use them as a jumping off point. <laughs> jumping off. Now picture me on the diving board. Do this with me, everybody. We're going to jump off from the notes into the critical, thoughtful, respectful heart and meat of these chapters. Now, this is Potterfic Weekly, so there's a bit of a twist. These notes were written by Gen 2, our own, our very own Gen 2, and Gen 2 is a little inebriated. <laughs> you'll notice Gen That's 2 giggling. She, she oh, she, she's very legal. But you'll notice Gen 2 <laughs> giggling right now, and yet nothing is funny. It's kind of like Jen when she takes Vicodin. Hey! <laughs> Do you hear that? Do you hear? Do you hear, everybody? This is what we have. So Scott, dear Scott, who sounds British but is really Canadian, is going to jump... Are you all right, Gen 2? You okay? Gen 2 is okay. Yeah, Scott, it's fine. It's, it's all right. Is so, she gargling? She's, she's, yeah, she's gargling. She got a little bit too much scope in that one. Okay. She's gargling with Kool-Aid. She's gargling with Kool-Aid. Okay. So Scott is going to jump us off into the very serious, very, very, very yes. serious uh, chapter one. Scott, take it away. Chief Resident Healer Ginny Weasley works for St. Dymphna's in Edinburgh, Scotland. Ginny has an unnatural love of lemon drops, but no love for the environment as she pitches the damn things everywhere. <laughs> I want Scott to read mine, too. <laughs> Ginny's important people. Susan Raines, Rumi. I hate Harry. Boss, Graham Virden. Not to be confused with Jen Viridian. Healer of peons. Not to be confused with us. Yay, peons! <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Why is Jen 2 the drunk one and we're all missing her line? Peter Webster and David Alley. See the time. LA? Possibly. Alley, Alley! Alley, Alley! <laughs> <laughs> Get another thing to ask the author. How do you pronounce all your names? That will be the interview. It'll be her just sitting here going through all the names being like, Rupees. you idiots couldn't pronounce air raids. I'm going to get away from the For God's sakes. Okay, keep going. This is funny. Here's <laughs> how it's Scott. all mysterious. There is a crime, of course. Scene of crime... Runyon Tavern in Draydor Alley. Not to be confused with Diagon, probably some sort of analog there. Errant Death Eater attacks Susan in the trauma room. Oh no. Ginny gets threatened. Super Ginny faints from exhaustion when Aurors burst onto the scene. Also when she notices one of them has black hair. Is it? Yeah, I always thought... No, she, they don't yeah, have black hair. hair. She's very glad hair. that he doesn't have black hair. And she's so excited no, about this, she collapses. Can I, can I ask you a question first? Pink, red, and blonde. 
I was very confused about something, and I want to see if anyone else is confused about it. What's that? But I don't know if it's allowed because it kind of spans all the chapters. All right. When does this fic take place? It takes place nine years after. Well, in one of these chapters, it says that Harry is twenty-six. Yeah, it takes place. So, yeah, so takes- I just didn't. I was very, very confused because, like, there were parts no, of it that seemed to me like it was very recently after the war, and then they were talking about how, like, Harry was twenty-six and like Horace had been back teaching for ten years. So I'm like, well, it's ten years. It's two thousand and seven. Yes. Okay. So, and if you think about it, Ginny has to go to healer school or else she has no right. idea what she's doing. Yeah, she got her doctorate in six years. She got her doctorate? Or in eight. No. She, is she got her Ginny healer eight. Like MD. Ginny Weasley, MD? She can't be MD. <laughs> Sounds like a bad 80s sitcom. Okay, what the hell is that? You're thinking of Doogie Howser. She couldn't have turned into... Uh, she could on, have I'm, been chief resident. Jen, he, just, I want to talk about the no love for the environment. Okay, Jen, please. No love and draw. Because seriously, that was wasteful. That I was thinking literary. <laughs> and really wasteful. She like takes two licks and throws it away. My mom would kill her. her Do you want to know what kill. my honest thought was? I was. Do you know that commercial with the owl where they used to go one, two, three? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center? I kept thinking, maybe it's one of those. I was like, why is she, like, sucking once, twice, and it's so specific? I don't get it. She's saving them because she's going to send them to Africa for the starving children. <laughs> no, she's not. She's throwing them on the floor for the rats. I don't... She must be a Republican. She's well, giving no them to the, the starving rats. <laughs> I know. The, the poor little homeless Jenny cares about the animals. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everyone's talking the ones that can't hear a thing. <laughs> Ooh, that was... Frightening. Everyone stopped talking when I talked. That's never Jenny happened. cares about the animals, that's why. Well, my that's what I said. You stole my line. <laughs> I know. It was your line. I'm not taking credit. It was not my line. You didn't know my name. <laughs> Wait. Sorry, B.S. <laughs> At first I was like, is this B.S. of Jen 2? Oh, yeah. Okay. The British sounding one. Okay. I don't, oh my god, what is it? <laughs> I remember when I was in the seventh grade, my friend's mother asked me, how long has your family lived in this country? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, you're from Britain, aren't you? I'm from Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> how long has your family lived in this country? Hold on, but Scott sounds British and Scott's Canadian. Yeah, Scott, Scott can sound however he wants. He can sound he can sound New Yorkies. He did that the other night. Really? I just sort lost of. sound. Yeah. Do New York. Is that what I sounded like when I was doing the other one? No, no, no. On Saturday, Mike was making you do different accents, and one of them was. What is up with Mike making people do? Does different he accents? do that to you as well? Oh. oh. Yeah. <sighs> Mike is listening to this right now, so let's be yeah. nice to him. <laughs> And he always makes me say stuff. Hey, Kessa, say this, say that. Yeah. Peanuts York- on a railway track. Can I ask a question? Are lemon drops the same thing as lemon heads or whatever they are? Well, they're lemon kind heads. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was just wondering, because if they weren't the same thing, I was going to say I've never had a lemon drop, but they're lemon heads. What is a lemon head? Lemon head. I'm it's just a type of candy. You know, like an M&M is a brand of chocolate candy coated thing. Mm-hmm. A lemon head is a lemon drop that is stamped with the word lemon head. Really? Yeah. 
Beverly. Three glasses of wine. It has real lemon juice in it, though. And it's produced by the Ferrara Pan Company. <laughs> okay, your life has been nothing since you found Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, there's the Lemon Heads, which is an alternative rock band from the United States. Sorry. So let's talk about Healer Verdon. Well, before Viridian. that, can we just, it's not Viridian. Okay, before that, Healer let's just do one Viridian. thing. I'm thinking the thing with Ginny and the lemon drops is showing her lack of contentment with her own life and that she is burning through lemon drops like a chain smoker. That's just I thought thought. she was a chain smoker. She is Wait, not. So you're saying, you're saying I, I know that. she's not, but I thought she was. What? <laughs> she does kind of act like a chain it. smoker. When I read it, I thought that she, I thought they were talking about, I missed the whole part about the lemon drops, and I'm thinking, she's, cause they talk about her fingernails being yellow and all chewed, and I thought, she's smoking. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out she's a candy addict. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I think you're right, though. I think it, you know, cause it says she never finished anything nowadays, so she's just like, she doesn't finish anything, she's really restless, she's really unsettled and all that. No, and actually later, it says she feels homesick and she wants a lemon drop. So that's kind of interesting. What does lemon drops have to do with the burrow? Well, I think it's also Hogwarts and Dumbledore. You know, you're good Whenever friend you Dumbledore. Get agitated you go for your prediction. Yes. <laughs> now, let me... All like beans and citrus. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I just want to say about this. Now, who here has read the fic Seeking Ginny by Casco? Me. I think. So what's it about? It's about Ginny and Harry break up, so Ginny needs to go away to find herself. So she travels to France and lives in France for five years and becomes a translator. Uh, And then returns... And then returns to Britain and does, you know, absolutely nothing with her degree and instead opens a retail outlet. I don't remember what the hell happened. (laughs) But the the point is, is that it's a very fluffy, very character-driven piece where Harry and Ginny must deal with each other five years after their breakup. But did they break up? But was it a misunderstanding? But... Jenny has to get in touch with her inner purse. It's a very fluffy, emotional thing. I don't think the word Voldemort yeah. or Kadavra is in there anywhere. So that's the entire fic. Now, when I started reading this one, I heard that it was a story about years later, Harry and Ginny come together and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, good. I loved a fic like that before, and it's obviously a very similar fic. I'm like, okay. So I start reading it, and I realize it's starting off as a little bit of a downer, which the other fic did, too. Now, I don't mean to compare the two fics, but I just... I haven't read a lot of fics, so sometimes if I have a good experience reading one, I tend to say, oh, good, it's just like that one, and that one was a good experience, so this one will be, too. And I'm enjoying the fic so far, but it was a little bit of shock originally, because paragraphs later... I felt like I was in the middle of a Scream movie, and there was people with knives and slashing and blood everywhere. And And I'm like in the first chapter of the story. I'm like, oh my, because you have to understand, I just put down Nightmare of Future's Past. I put it down, and Jimmy is hugging future Harry in its beautiful moment, and Hermione and Ron is finding his inner person, and Neville is becoming, you know, he is sending howlers to Grand and becoming his own person, and it's wonderful, and they're all wearing business suits, and they're talking about stocks and mutual funds, and it's just, and I put that down, and I pick up this story, and Ginny is being assaulted by someone with a machete, and I I remember saying- It's like law and order. Yes, I remember saying to myself, and I quote, huh, 
<laughs> so it's taking me a little while to get used to that. It just, for a while, it was reminding me of an episode of ER. Which, by the way, yeah. when I, I went to the ER one day, and I was sitting <laughs> in the ER, and on the TV, <laughs> they were showing an episode of ER, and it was the one where Dr. Green couldn't deliver the baby. And it was like a documentary on medical incompetence, and they were showing it in the emergency room. Just never got over that with event about it now. I'm done. I liked Someone else. it. I mean, I liked the fit. I'm singing. Here. I mean, well, I really liked the part in the hospital because it's like she made up all this cool hospital stuff that we never got to see in canon, and I love it when they do that, when they, like, they take you to places that aren't the same old boring Hogwarts or ministry or things. Well, I think it's obvious that she has some sort of medical background. Yeah, because she made it seem very realistic. Thursday, the Thursday that died. I, you know, I think she said maybe. I can't remember. She said she might be a nurse or something. I can't remember. I don't think she I knew. I think you asked whether she did, and she said she didn't know. Oh. That's how I remember, yeah. Okay, of course, yeah. P.S.'s selective memory is remembering that I'm right. Whimsy is sitting at her job now, driving a school bus, going, I'm a nurse <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but she's made it believable because she's got enough anatomy and physiology slash well, I'm stuff with that you. sounds I, right. I like it when authors take bits and pieces of what we're given in Hogwarts and create a new environment and a new world off of it. I will say that it does throw me out a bit when it's hard for me to see the magical part of it. Like if something seems a little too muggle, I have to remind myself that it's magical. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that in a lot of hospital, in a lot of stories that yeah. try to write about the hospital. They try to, it's really like a muggle hospital, but I think each whimsy does a good job of keeping the magic in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I thought so too. The issue with me when I started reading this chapter is it was more difficult than usual for me to get into the story, and I'm trying to figure out why. When I usually read post-Hogwarts fix, there's usually a lot of space put aside to get me up to speed with the reader. And I'm not saying that's the way it should be, or that there's anything wrong with this fic for not doing that. In fact, when you think about it, you as the reader shouldn't need that. You know who Jenny Weasley is. You should be able to be dropped cold into yeah. a new environment and be able to, to think about it and say, okay, you know, Ginny obviously isn't the same Ginny from year six. Something's happened to her. She's obviously older. She's a healer. And she obviously has either a massive nicotine addiction or maybe because of misalign and maybe she's just likes candy. But, you know, you can obviously put things together. I'm just used to getting a bit more exposition. So mm -hmm. it was like weird for me because I'm trying to remind myself, okay, this is Ginny. This is Ginny. Because without that exposition, it almost felt like another character in a fiction story who just happened to be named Ginny Weasley, if that makes sense. It and does. It and also it's disorienting being dropped into an action scene. Because I know yeah. when I write, I tend to start with like not an but action see, scene. I it kind of build up to the action. And I'm not saying it's always bad, but it's a little disorienting because it's not what you're used to. Because I think most stories do tend to start not in the middle of the most intense action scene that could be in the entire story. Oh, it isn't I'm not like, saying you have to start with, like, Ginny staring oh, at a blank wall, but... Oh, Scott, sorry, we couldn't hear that. Keep going. It isn't quite in the middle of the scene. We don't actually start with, 
oh, the blood's fountaining and the, she's out in oh, the rain. Oh, yeah, you're right. Lemon drops. It, it starts with Ginny outside with the lemon drops, then she goes inside and then is immediately paged to the emergency ward, is how the story begins. But it is in that moment where I'm trying to figure out, okay, why, you know, you hear that her heart feels like it's been shredded, so you know there's been some bad blood there, you know it's with Harry, so you, you get some things. But then it's, you're right in the middle of an ER episode. For me, it was just difficult to kind of wedge into that. And what threw me was the the prologue because it was so dark and and it was so vague that I felt I didn't know where it was. Usually I think with the prologue, it kind of gives you a sense of where the story's going or, you know, what's to come. Isn't there a part in the story where she's sucking on the lemon drop, leaning against a wall and... It's the very beginning of chapter one. At the very, very beginning. And I was like, what? And then it dropped me into the action. And that didn't bother me so much, honestly, the dropping into action, because I love when stories do that. What threw me was just that it was hard for me to get into the atmosphere of the magical world because it felt like I was reading a normal muggle story <laughs> for a while. And then, I mean, you have to remind yourself, you know, they'll put in hints like, oh, yeah, this is magical world. But I think it took me, like, Ryan, I don't know if it took you very long, but it took me a good couple of chapters for me to accept the world because I think there was no exposition. You know, the first fic the Parfic Weekly covered was a post-Hogwarts fic. We covered it after the end. And the thing about after the end was, while it was a post-Hogwarts fic, it was written as a story that bridged years five through eight. So it did conclude the Hogwarts years. This is a story which is set ten years later. And the characters are very different from the characters that came before. So I just want to say this. I think that, you know, what Jen and I are talking about right now, the difficulty of maybe sliding into a new story, there's nothing wrong with the writing. And in fact, it's the way it probably should be written. But the difficulty, I think, is we're used to the Harry Potter characters from the canon. So if you go ahead 10 years later, these characters are going to be different. And when you drop into the middle of a scene, especially a very action-oriented scene, the first thing you're going to think of is these characters don't seem exactly right because you're going to be looking for the characters from the Hogwarts years. So I think Ginny didn't seem like the Ginny I remembered. I think Tonks is now in a management position, so she's not the same Tonks that she was before. Harry is way hotter. <laughs> Harry's actually wearing leather. I'm not sure if you could actually, like, if you picked I don't up. know if anybody else got the dark, angsty, sexy thing, but I <laughs> ate that. I got like, the dark, angsty, yeah. creepy thing. They're a little bit like, creepy. <laughs> Technically, Harry's in Chapter 2, so... This is true, but Um, Harry will be dropped in, and Harry will be wearing a leather watch for it. And he is, ooh, baby hot. Yeah, and the thing that got me, too, is, you know, (laughs) Ginny was almost just stabbed to death in the middle of the emergency room, and Ron, you would think, would be, you know, I'm taking you home to Mom, and you're never leaving the house again, and I'm going to lock him in a room, and we're never going to let you see a boy again. You would think Ron would be in ultra-protective mode, and he's not, because this is a Ron who's 10 years older, and is a little bit more accepting of the fact that his younger sister is a woman and can take care of herself. So it's interesting when you get there, you're like, why isn't Ron doing this? And why is why is Tonks more toned down? They should be, but it's still weird to be dropped into that and not see the characters behave like we would expect the characters to behave. I think it would be worse if she made Ron be like Ron was when he was... 15. Oh, I hate that Ron. I absolutely... That would be I, I hate that Ron. I hate that Ron. Yeah, I hate that Ron, but... So do I. <laughs> oh, he's so annoying. It's like, shut up and go away. Like, if I was Ginny and I had a brother like Ron, I would totally hex him every day. <laughs> Me too. Stupid Ron. This is nice. It's like bonding. You see that? <laughs> he left them in the tent. 
Oh, bless them. Well, please don't get Jen sorry than the tenth. Maybe if we just move on. Jen, I mean, I like Ron as a general rule. I think he has his good points. Don't get me wrong. Except not but, when he left them. No, not when he left them. You're right there because that was stupid. And I don't like when authors who write fanfics make this really overprotective Ron who uses the word Scarlet Woman you know, 20 times in a sentence. I hate that. That is a stupid Ron. That's even stupider than the Ron that we all like. I hate people that use the phrase Scarlet Woman in a sentence. Do people talk like that anymore? <laughs> No, I mean, he used it once in canon, and it's, it's become like, this... What they do is, like, all the time in fics, you see, like, they take one aspect of a character's character, and then that's all they are in the fic. You know, like, nobody can have layers. As soon as you run into Arthur, it's like, oh, have you seen any new plugs lately? <laughs> or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah! <laughs> and it's true, like, like he's... It's like that Simpsons episode where they all say their catchphrase, and you're supposed to see how stupid it is. But then Harry's like, my scar hurts. And Hermione's like, we should go to the library. And I hate when Molly's like this overprotective person who Molly coddles all her kids and stops them from doing things. And especially, especially, I read this fic the other day. It was so terrible. Ginny comes in and says, I'm engaged to Harry. And Molly starts yelling at her and throws her out. She's like, get out, get out, get out of my house. I'm like, why would Molly do that? I I don't understand why. I read a fanfic by an author who had never read fanfic before he wrote this fic. I don't even think this author knew there was fanfic out there. Didn't know where the beta was, didn't have anyone proof it. He just wrote the thing and went How can you do that? How do you know where to post it? I'll send you the link. There was not one line of description in the entire thing. Please do send it to me. I think I enjoy it very much. And the plot is that Harry and Ginny are going off to have sex, and Molly (laughs) tells them to have a good time, and dinner will be on the table when they get back. She wants That's- grandchildren. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing I've ever read in my entire like. But you know what it was? I will not give up on a fic. I read the whole damn thing. It was a trilogy. It took me about two hours to read every chapter. I think there was ninety-four chapters in the. I read every freaking word of it. Sounds like a stellar experience. I was it so have been that bad. That was a really deep story. If you read ninety-four chapters in what three hours? Oh, I read it. No, is that what I just said? Mm-hmm. I, just no, I think he said it was an hour a chapter and it was 90 more chapters. Oh, because oh, if sorry. the inebriated one is is correcting me here, I'm not going to go. <laughs> Are you all right? You're just going to use that word as many times as possible. Inebriated? I think it might end up in the title, yes. <laughs> We're all inebriated except me because I can't. I'm, really I'm not, not inebriated. I don't even drink. I'm really not. I'm really not. Where's Gen 1? Gen 1? I can't hear Gen 2. Every time she talks, I hear... <laughs> like an alien. I'm like... Hello. Oh, God. But I'm here. What, Jen, you were in that one. Do you remember the episode where she just, like, disappeared? I... No. Yes? No, do you remember when I put the bowling ball... I had to apologize to Cheek. Like, <laughs> it smashed through the keyboard. I'm like, oh, um. Oh, that. <laughs> and we're like looking at it. Oh, God. Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, guys. I got a phone call. Michael, you can't have a life. This is our night to be on cast, and they made us do this. How long have we even been on the line? And have we talked about the thing? No. I don't even know what we talked about. 
I can't take this anymore. Go away. Get off. So let's do it properly. Let's talk about the fic. Okay, yeah. and true to pee on cast, Mr. Keza has just walked in and is being really annoying. <laughs> All right, well, say hello to me. Mr. Keza and then he'll go away. Hi, Mr. Keza. Hi, Mr. Keza. They said hello, now go away. <laughs> All right, chapter two. Yay. Chapter two. Because I have a question. I want to know why Ginny had assumed they let a muggle doctor touch her. That's exactly why I put that note in there. What the hell is the what point of those first this? two paragraphs? She has like, a I really, was like, really, really it, bad headache, and she can't think of any other reason why. Okay. What is this in chapter two? Yeah. What? As she's waking up, her first thought is that it was oh. a muggle doctor that did something to her. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing about quacks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably supposed up, to be, yeah. She's really feeling kind of weird, and her brain goes yeah. odd places. Right. That's probably what it is. Right. Yeah, I think it's just because, you know, when you're coming out of unconsciousness or something I really like don't that. know what to think. Yeah, I think that's just what it is. It didn't strike me as very odd. It didn't? I guess I'm the weird one. No, I guess I didn't really notice that line about the muggle doctor, but... No, it didn't strike me right well. away. Oh. I'm like, well, that's the first thing she said, and why would she be concerned about a muggle doctor touching her? Yeah, because she was in a lot of pain. So he says her head throbbed so painfully she could only believe she had been treated by what Verdon bitingly referred to as quacks. Maybe she assumed that because yeah, it, it I, she'd yeah. be in so much pain if she'd been treated by healers. I can buy that. All right, then. All right, so um, you were talking about Verdon or Susan? Susan is Jenny's roomie, and she makes her lovely drinks and takes care of her. But she isn't Susan Bones. She was apparently slightly rabid. No, she's rabid not Susan Bones. What was that? She's apparently a slightly rabid Ginny fan or something like that. Because as soon as Ginny even mentions Harry existing, she's like, oh, he was such an idiot and you were a wonderful person and how dare he show up and blah, blah, blah. She doesn't blah. like Harry at all, does she? Yeah, Susan. and I wonder, where did that come from? She really, she really hates not, Harry. Hate. Maybe she cut her off on the highway once. <laughs> <laughs> She's jealous of his firebolt. She only has a silver arrow. So how uh, how do we say... Sorry, I was just reading this. What is this guy? How do we say his name? The aura person, the American... So can we talk about the American? Can we talk about the American? I think we need to read the notes. Okay, let's read the notes. Because we keep talking about them, and then people are going to listen to it, and they're going to say, but what do the notes say? Yes. Who's reading right. chapter two notes? Then? I'll read them. Please. Okay, go, P.S. Super Ginny returns to the land of the living. What the hell is the point of the first two paragraphs anyway? Healer Verdon is a dry asshole, despite the author's attempts to make him seem otherwise. Enter Oris, Tonks, Weasley, and Thingy. A-cubed. Annoying American <laughs> asshole. Could Thingy possibly be more of a pompous, self-righteous asshole? Coven of Echoes 101. Harry kicks some American bootay. Yayness. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to talk about the American, the very annoying American. I really hate him, and I think it's one of those deals where you're supposed to hate him. It's not like, I hate this yeah, character she lovingly to. created. I think you're supposed to hate him, and so she does a good job of making a character you're supposed to hate. But you know what I hate? I hate that they always bring in Americans. That annoys me, and I don't know why. Like, because I'm sort of like, we saved their accent in, like, two wars, so why wouldn't it happen again? Yeah, it's see, it's, I think it's because I'm sitting on the other side of the world. But I'm sort of like, why? You know, when J.K. wrote 
that Hermione sent her parents to Australia, I stopped reading Deathly Hallows and got up and did a dance of joy because I was like, yes, we're going to mention because Britain has more ties to Australia than it has to America. So when all the American fanfic writers come on and they put all these American characters in or they send Harry to America, I'm like, no, what about me? What about Australia? And I get frustrated. But by the same token, I get it because if they're American, why would they write about Australia? Because they don't know. It just annoys me. That's why I don't like it. Total ramble. Now I feel bad for Australians. But that's okay because, see, that's what I mean. If it's an American author, I guess you write about what you know. I just find it so unnecessary to put Americans in it. You know, like, yeah. why is there not enough British auras that they can't have? Well, I, I took British it as, they, like, them coming, like, it had to be somebody from another country because it was like they're coming in and doing it for them. Yeah. See, I would yeah, find it guess, more believable if it was a French aura or from well, there um, is a French European aura. country because they talk mm-hmm. about France, like, Beau Batten and Durmstranger from France and Bulgaria, I would find it more believable to be some Well, that's European why I said there's already, what's her face? The other person's name, I can't pronounce the woman. Yeah, Harry she's French, woman. isn't she? She's French. Yeah. Tamsin. Yeah, true. Tamsin. But she's French. Tamsin. But isn't she canon? And I read an author's note somewhere in there that she's actually a canon. No, she's not canon. No. She's no, I read an author's note. No. no, I read an author's note where she expanded on someone who was in canon. Um, I'd like to thank Tante in HP for finding Aura Savage in canon and allowing me to flesh her out. It could be just a name. Oh, oh my gosh, I know, I know, I know. It must have been in Half-Blood Prince, there must have been a throwaway mention about there being an aura called Savage at Hogwarts, because it says later when Harry's thinking about him and himself and Thames, and he says oh, yeah. how she was stationed at Hogwarts during his sixth year. So tonks. That's where she must tonks. Right, so she's kind of canon in the sense that her name is canon, but she's not really canon in the fact that... No, I mean, we don't know anything about She's from France and that her name is Tamsin and all this. Yeah, that's made up. But they didn't even give her a gender in canon. Right. So how do we say the name of the A-cubed American? I would I say Aerates. Aerates. Something like that. Aerates. I thought it was Aerates. Aerates. No, it's Reeds. That's why I called him Thingy. If you took the A off, I would let's say just call him. Let's call him Mark. Yeah, let's yeah. call him Mark. Yeah, let's call him Mark. I can say Mark. <laughs> hey, that works. Okay, Carbon of Echoes 101, right? I have to say, right off the bat, I don't understand the Carbon of Echoes. I've read this fic all the way through. I reread parts of it to do the podcast. I still don't get it. Me neither. Me neither. Swimming we cannot get it kind of, together. I just, I don't know where they're from. I don't know what their point is. I don't understand them at all. Are they the bad guys or the good guys? I haven't figured I, that I out either. I don't know. It's like they're like some amorphous. It's like the Masons. Like thing. It's like the what? The Masons. Do you have Masons in Australia? Yeah. Do um, you have Freemasons? Oh, Freemasons. I thought you were talking about something from The Sopranos, like some kind of underground... No, do you um, have Freemasons and... It's a mafia group. (laughs) Freemasons, yes. I thought you were talking about the mafia. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know anything about the mafia. Because we do have mafia. There's this show called Underbelly, and I think it's like, you know, the Australian version of The Sopranos. But Freemasons, yes. All right. So I thought they were kind of like them. Oh, okay. They have it in there. sounds sort of like the... Salem Institute is the equivalent to the Aura Department. Oh, God, then, can we talk about what the 
Salem Institute is, because I just want to make a poll of what you all thought the Salem Institute was before you read the story. What did you think, I think it was? It's a, it's I thought it was a school. So, yes, okay. All right, then I won't be wrong, because I made it, uh, like, a, a college I think or something. it was a school. I think it's, like, um... I thought it was kind of think tankish, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that... Like, like research I and development. I, I, I made it a research university. Uh, yeah, yeah, a, a research university. And it's like they, there's this ad they have for Pons Facial Cream, and it's at the Pons Institute where they do all the research and they make Pons Facial Cream better. I don't know if you have Pons over there, but it's a facial cream. Oh, we do. And they have yes. the Pons Institute. Like has Rocker pre- and Gamble. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, but you know, I thought like, and they did like deep research and they made things better and invented new spells and think tanky stuff. And yeah, I didn't think it was a regular school. I thought it was like tertiary ish. I kind of had like, it's kind of, I, I don't know what. I the only mention in canon research. is he sees a big bunch of tents with a banner that says Salem Witches Institute. And there's a bunch of witches like his mother's age all outside this tent. And that's all that, that we know about. Yeah, it's at the, it's at the British World Cup. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm mm-hmm. missing that it, like, research institute, and that it was just called Salem Witches Institute because of the witch trials. That's why I think there's one in Salem. You know, I said that on Peoncast. I don't know when it was some yeah. time, and I'm like, there's definitely one in Salem. Yeah, that was subliminal from me. I obviously read that in Goblet of Fire, and then just forgot all about it. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think everybody I assumes see. there's one in Salem, be just because of Salem. We've had yeah. this conversation before because I remember I said my theory. About yeah, we did. We had it on Savannah. I think it will be the peon cast that goes on here, actually. Oh, my gosh. It's so like- episode eight, it is, because I'm editing it right now. We talked for an hour. I have to make it less than 20 minutes. Oh. Anyway, chapter two of the fic that we're supposed to be talking about. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah. So we were talking about, well, we don't really understand the Coven of Echoes. So no, oh, Harry, we, don't know what it- we meet Harry in this chapter. <gasps> and we have to talk oh, yeah. because Jen's not here because we kicked her off. He's very sexy in this chapter, is he not? He is sexy. <sighs> very, like, all That's dark and broody. Very nice. Eh. Very nice. I mean, he just, like, totally bursts in and saves the day. And Do you think he's wearing leather? Mm-hmm. I think, I think oh, he yeah. has to be. I think he's been his knickers or leather. I, like, he Louise knew the man who killed him quite intimately. I was like, well, intimately. That is a very sexy word. Do boys wear knickers? No. I always thought knickers girl pants. Yeah, knickers are girl pants. So what do boys 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 wear? Boys wear jocks. If you're in Australia, they wear jocks. uh, As far as Britain goes, it's called pants. Yeah. What we would call pants are trousers. So when when he's like, cursing is Merlin's pants, it's Merlin's underwear. Yeah, 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 I I knew that. But see, in my brain, I guess it's the wine. I learn these things and I use them, but then they confuse me still. Like, I know enough <laughs> to not say pants. Like, if I'm talking about pants, like, I know it's underwear. Like, if I put it in a story, like, if I talk about Horace's pants. But then again, like, when I read it somewhere else, I think did pants. You, did you drink the other half of my bottle of wine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, pants is underwear. Trousers are pants. Wait, wait how did we get on pants? And in Australia, <laughs> they're called jocks. Is Harry wearing pants? <laughs> it doesn't say. It says he's got his wand clenched in his hand. He could be completely naked for all we know. <laughs> Speaking of which, Ekus. What? Starts. Huh? Oh, Equus. I thought it was Ekus. 
I say equus because there's a Q in it. Equus? Oh, equus. 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 Oh, we're talking, we're talking, um, Daniel Radcliffe. You said naked Harry. Naked Harry. Which immediately made me think that. Which immediately (laughs) made me think. But he wasn't really naked. Or at least we didn't see him because I found the picture of the real man's. I think he's actually naked on the stage. Yeah, he is. What I mean, the picture, because I found the man who it belongs to. And and I showed an American Marine or something. No, but I don't care about that because in my mind I thought about naked Harry. And then that made me think about, ugh, just forget it. (laughs) I was thinking about Gen 1 and she really wants to go see that. Oh. Bad. We can add in some of Jen, some general squealing from Jen here. Add in yes, she did a bit of squealing over sexy yeah. Harry. All right. So mm. we'll put some of that in here. Okay. <laughs> Are we ready for chapter three? Yes. Who's reading it? I think I, it was Jen. I don't want to read it because I don't want to say that word. Here, I'll do it. Chapter three notes. Tonks and Wrong commiserate over fire whiskey. Enter Tamsin Savage, the French whore. Backstory 101. Romelda is a bitch. News at 11. Harry is a playa. Tonks loves Remus. McGonagall wants Harry. Ginny still loves Harry. Harry still loves Ginny. Hags oh. like fried brains. Dramatic tea-to-teat between Ginny and Susan. Susan gets maternal. Enter Bastet the Wondercat. Ginny still has an obsession with lemon drops. And Harry is a stalker. Yes, yes, Harry is a stalker. I think he was kind of creepy. The last half of the chapter, right? Hmm. Can I just say that I liked Bastet the Wonder Cat? Obviously, because I wrote the notes and I wrote him as Bastet the Wonder Cat. <laughs> I think it's girl well, because it's Bastet and that's a girl. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, whatever. Bastet the Wonder Cat was awesome. Bastet does not like Susan. I'm wondering, is that an omen? Hmm, possibly. Maybe. It could be. There's the whole thing about whether or not cats... Because Crookshanks... Sorry, sorry, can you say that again because I talked over you? <laughs> Oh, well, there's the whole thing about how cats may or may not see through invisibility cloaks and how smart all of Mrs. Crook- Fink's cats are. And, and Crookshanks was always very smart. Crookshanks knew who Sirius was and everything. Maybe Bastet. I think there could be something in that. I think we should keep an eye on Bastet the Wonder Cat because I think Bastet might know stuff. Could be half Canadian. I don't know what stuff. Hey, do you reckon Bastet the Wonder Cat could see Harry? Like, if Harry's stalking Ginny under his invisibility cloak, do you think that the cat would be able to see Harry, and would he attack him? She. Is the cat a hero? She. 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 Would, do you think she would attack Harry? If he was stalking or do you think Ginny, because it's the wonder yeah, but, cat, and she wants to protect Ginny from stalkers. But like do you think she might know that Harry wouldn't harm her? That's what I mean. Like, uh, does the cat have six cents? Oh, I'm oh, sure I'm she keeping an eye on Bastet. Because we know that Harry was stalking Ginny, and Ginny fell asleep outside with Bastet the Wonder Cat. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, yeah. and then Harry like, tucked her in. Wouldn't you be kind of creeped out if you woke up with a blanket on you? When did that happen? At the well, end of the chapter. In the end of chapter three. Night, faint strains of the Raviniums rose from the darkness. She did not hear them. Oh. Or did she feel the touch of a strong hand draped the blanket over her, its owner standing watch until the dark. See, that's another time when I just, like, skipped over the sentence, like when I thought Ginny was smoking. Now I just didn't know she fell asleep outside. 
Why did she do that? Why would she go inside? Like, she could be in danger. This, was, this crazy guy just told her that they're coming after her. Because she had the dramatic tete-a-tete with Susan. And she's just and Susan where anybody all, can come tuck her in. <laughs> and Well, and Susan got all batshit crazy with her about Harry. And she wasn't Susan. into that. And she gave her, apparently, spiked tea. It says, Where it's is spiked, it spiked, so drink it slowly. Listen, I'm off to bed. Don't stay out here too late, okay? That's why I said Susan gets all maternal. She's gotten Molly on her. You know what's scary? <laughs> is I really like this story. And I'm looking at my notes. And I have just snarked the hell out of it. Welcome to Potterfield Weekly, Gen 2. Because <laughs> I know that happens to me. I mean, like, I'll be like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't like this story, but then it sounds like I hate it. Let's talk about Tamsin. I can't stand her already. We haven't even met her yet. She's talking about her red fingernails. She has high heeled shoes and long red fingernails. She's an aura. Auras don't go off and fight evil in heels and... I thought that she would be more like an aura and not like a whore. (laughs) See, that kind of rhymes. An aura or whore. Oh dear. I'm trying to think of what she reminded me of. She reminded me of an old episode of CSI. The first She reminds one. you of Lady Heather, doesn't she? That's it. That's exactly it. I can't believe you knew what I was talking about. I am a CSI junkie. <laughs> the chick with the black hair, only I don't think that she's got black hair. I think she's blonde, but she she totally that was exactly what I pictured in my she's brain. She's a dominatrix. Mm-hmm. Tamsin is a dominatrix. Oh, that's probably going to get the title now. <laughs> Tamsin is a dominatrix. Jen is inebriated. Uh, and the peons rule the world. Yeah. No, but that's totally the way I saw her. I can't believe that yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, I always have this, it's like a vague association. I have it, too. But I just, you know, I see her, like, with this big, whippy, billowy black cape and her stiletto. yeah. And she's got these, like, long red nails that she just wants to grab Harry that with. That reminds me of Rita. She does, too. And that's the thing. You know, Harry's in sixth year, and she comes in as an R. So, obviously, she's quite a... bagel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't you think that she could get some from somebody a little older? She just wants Harry because he's famous. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're a dominatrix, don't you think you could get a more quality piece of some... Than a high school kid? I guess they're gullible. Because <laughs> the, the paper told them they were together and they were together. I don't know what it was. It was creepy, well, whatever it was. What was creepy? I missed it. What's your face? Frenchie. Frenchie's oh, creepy. Uh, Tansy. Oh. She's like a cross between all the bad depictions of Cho Chang and Ramilda Vane out there. That's exactly what it is, too. It's like Lady Ramilda Chang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with blonde hair and really big dog, the bounty hunter. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Not the bounty no! <laughs> I just finished editing that yesterday. I can't help it. <sighs> yeah, and long red nails. Long heels on shoes. I mean, at least she wears fishnets. No, I see her in long, like, leather pants. Yeah, leather pants Mm -hmm. and, like, a bustier. Yeah, 
and uh, and her boobs like are coming out the top of it, like a lace up type deal, the kind you know where yeah. they like. You're making her sound like Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm seeing Michelle Pfeiffer here. <laughs> Tamsin is everyone. She is like the personification of all these women. That she is the personification of the other woman. Yes. She is. Actually, she is. Now that you say that. She's a metaphor. A metaphor and a... um, A simile? (laughs) No, not a simile. You've got the wrong literary term there. uh, No, I've lost the word. I don't know. Did we actually just say something intelligent? Yep. We did. Wow. Weird. (laughs) Okay. I want to know what hags like fried brains means. (laughs) Because... Speaking of being intelligent, I don't, I don't know what that means. You didn't get I thought, that? No, 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 no. No, it was haggis. Haggis what? is fried brains. No, but it's it was... I thought you were talking about Hagrid and you just used shorthand. <laughs> <laughs> haggis. Like, like Paul Haggis. Yeah, like... Here, hold on, yeah, hold on. I'm looking, I'm looking. They're, they're in the pub and Ron's like, I don't want to eat sheep's stomach. But the hags oh, eat oh. fried brains. But there's Sorry. hags. But I there's hags. Them. Those hags over there, they just love the fried haggis. They do. Oh. So I just... But that's not brains. Not haggis brains. is a sheep's stomach. Haggis, yeah. it's not brains. Oh. Haggis yeah. is like a sheep's stomach stuffed with wicked wiki that. Where do they get the brains? Let me just I look up haggis. I'm looking at the fic right now. I must have gotten confused. Ooh, Either way, it's, it's equally disgusting. Yeah, I guess according to Wiki, has the following ingredients. Sheep's pluck, which is heart, liver, and lungs, minced with onion, oatmeal, suet, spices, and salt mixed with stock and traditionally boiled in the animal's stomach. So it's actually not brains, but, you know, it may as well be for, like, I wouldn't eat it. Neither would I. We probably offended Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> we need a disclaimer for that one. We'll get I mean, it Matt says, to record it for us. It, it's a accent. <laughs> it says, let's see, mumbled Tonks, eyes darting down the menu. Fried haggis? How the hell do you fry sheep stomach? I mean, isn't the pink quivering stuff bad enough? Ugh. Oh. I think Yuck. it is bad enough, Tonks. I'm in your corner there. But anyway, on the next page, they just love the fried haggis they do. So I just, so when I typed the notes, I said hags like fried brains. Oh. So I should have said hags like fried stomach. Mm-hmm. Fried so sorry, Poufoua. That's okay. But what are Ron and Tonks like? Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Sorry, because <laughs> That's my because New Zealand accent. <laughs> my New Zealand accent. Fish and chips. Because there, because there isn't anything else to eat in England than fish and chips. Exactly. Yeah, the only thing British eat, of course. Bangers and mash. See, yep. Do you think that that's what they have in pubs, though? Fish and chips? Steak because and kidney pie? around here, fish and chips are, come from the fish and chip shop. And if you go to the pub, you get a steak, not fish. Because, you know, steak is a real man's meal. and So if I was Ron, I wouldn't order no wussy fish and chips. I'd be ordering steak. <laughs> this is Ron. Why would he eat fish I mean, and chips? I guess for us, when you go to the pub, you get a sandwich. But we don't go a to sandwich the pub. at the pub. You buy a sandwich at the pub. We don't have what? pubs. We don't have pubs. Well, at the bar. When you go to the bar, you get a sandwich. Like really? Do you not have meals? Do you not have counter meals at, at the bar? The sandwich is Some a meal. of them do. 
Oh, you're talking like a Subway sandwich. No, I'm talking See, like a sandwich, like a roast beef sandwich or a chicken sandwich. Or a... You know, you can't order like steak and chips or lasagna or pasta or anything. Depends on what kind of bar you're in. We can. Oh. Uh, but, uh, we have oh, ones that okay. actually call themselves pubs and set themselves up that way. So, yeah. you, you go to the pub and you get a can of lunch. Because you go up to the counter and you order your lunch and then you pay for it and then they pull your beer and then you go and sit down at the table and they bring you your counter lunch. That's how it works. That's cushy. In the pub. Yeah, no kidding. I wish we In had Australia. Pubs. Yeah. We just have yeah. bars. Yeah. You go into a bar, they give you a greasy well, you have- looking menu and you order a sandwich that usually has some fries or baked beans or something equally gross and, you know, you get a meal. Oh, see, a bar here, you get cocktails at a bar. Like, the bar is the corner of the nightclub or the pub where you can order your cocktails and stuff. Mm-hmm. But see, we don't really that have pub. We don't have a lot of pubs, you know, like where you just go to eat and hang out. The bar out. is oh. both the place where you get the drinks and the building around it. They're yeah. the same work, two different things. Right. Wow, this is like culture education. It is. And there are some bar there are some bars you go to where all you can do you can't get any food at all. It's just drinks. And you go to some bars and they have bar food. Like wings and <laughs> bar food. Yeah, that, that that sounds like buff. Bar food. It's like it makes me think it's the kind of food that you buff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean you know, it's it's like <laughs> how much you have to drink, I guess. It's 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 vernacular, you know. You yeah. go for the bar, bar food. Bar food is like snacky, like a appetizer. Meal. It's like, like yeah. chicken wi- chicken wings and French fries and peanuts. Peanuts. No, so bar um, food would be something that's actually <laughs> cooked. Yeah, like oh okay. Do they have? Do they put peanuts in a bowl on the bar there? Yep. It depends on the do bar. Do you have to crack like, them out of their shell, or are they already cracked open? Depends on the bar. Because we used to have this restaurant here, and it was a steakhouse, the American steakhouse. And you go in, and you go to the bar area, and you wait to be seated and wait for a table. And you go to your table, and there's these big barrels all over the shop of Was peanuts. it Lone Star? Yeah, peanuts in the thing, and they've soaked them in salty water. So the peanuts in the shell, and you have to crack the shells, and you get your little bucket. Oh, yeah. And you used so- to be able to go there, and you could just chuck the peanut shells on the floor. And then yeah. I went there after that, and they gave you this little metal tub that you had to put your peanut shells in because they had a, yeah, because people were falling over on the peanut shells. <laughs> yeah. And then the next time I went to Lone Star, they didn't give us any peanuts at all, and then it disappeared, and there was no more Lone Star. I don't Lone like Star still Lone exists. Star. I haven't seen a Lone Star for ages, but that could be because of where I live and I might have moved. They might still have them in Sydney. We don't wear Lone Star anymore because they don't have peanuts. They don't have them at all anymore, and I think that's a tragedy. Yeah. That's I went a to one in Colorado up in a place where you ski. You could chuck them on the floor. It was really nice. Because you you'd walk around and you'd crunch on them. Mm-hmm. Actually, the other day, we just went to a steakhouse that had the peanut thing. It's called Texas Roadhouse. But it really has nothing to do with Texas or a roadhouse. It's just a steakhouse where you can eat peanuts and chuck them on the floor. Like the Outback Steakhouse has nothing to do with the Outback. <laughs> but it's Very, true. Very true. I love, I love the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> Bloomin' onions. Oh. <laughs> and in the box of awesome, I sent Keza coasters from Outback Steakhouse. That's funny. I know. <laughs> They're so cool. Hey, you know, we should really be talking about the fit, <laughs> not like steakhouses <laughs> and pubs. 
chapter four, Harry and Ginny don't go to a steakhouse. Did we do all of chapter three? I think we did everything that was important. Harry is a stalker. Oh, no, hang on. Explain to me, McGonagall wants Harry. Is that something that I missed? She wants um, him to work. For yeah, her. there's a reference of McGonagall wants Harry to come and work at Hogwarts. Oh, be a teacher. I remember that now. Yes, very good. But we pretty much yeah. did all the important things. And that things. comes up again later, and I have a point that confused me. Oh, and I have to do Chapter 4 notes because there's a whole Chapter 4 thing in here that I totally dug. Are we ready for Chapter 4? Yes. Can I read the notes? Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Chapter 4. H.G. Love makes the world go round. Ginny's still a baby sister and Harry still has a saving people thing. Jen too loves the dog quote. Dude, the guys buy the dog a drink. <laughs> Harry is a glutton for punishment. Super Harry rides again. More crime story details come forth. Enter teddy bear. Oh, the teddy bear's so sad. Which do we want to talk about first, the dog? <laughs> <laughs> Am I not a good reader? Because I don't remember the dog. Okay, we'll talk about the dog. I remember the dog. <laughs> I think Ron says something really classic there, doesn't he? You don't remember the dog? Okay, they're going back to Grunion's Tavern to check out the crime scene. And they walk into the bar, and it says the doors creaked, though arthritic, unhappy to be opened in the bright light of the morning. Immediately, a waft of stale fire whiskey hit their noses. Their eyes blinked focus in the gloom. Oh, now I remember the dog. The the seats at the bar were vacant, save a sad-looking wizard with his even sadder-looking dog that was seated next to him, his jowls lying on the bar. (laughs) Blinking a few more times, Harry saw a tall, hairy man cleaning glasses with a dirty rag, eyeing the dog with gathering displeasure. My good fellow, another for me and my friend here. (laughs) The bark... (laughs) The barkeep blew out a snort and shook his head. <laughs> it's a damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad looking man <laughs> gazed at the dog that proceeded to lick his face. He just doesn't understand prudence, does he? A woman born into a dog's body. Well, here's to you, girl. <laughs> it just cracked me up. Obviously, it didn't crack like anybody else. Harry and Ron look at each other, and Tom says, like, don't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the dog did make me laugh. It's <laughs> a damn dog, man. <laughs> they don't understand. <laughs> I've got these images of this guy, and... Actually, they're not very pleasant images, but, you know, talking to this dog, like, the woman, like, thinking, how does he know the woman's been born into the dog's body? He's got, like, a mind connection, and it makes me think of all those Harry Dolbon fix where they can talk each other's brain. I'm like, can he talk to the dog in his brain? <laughs> That's how he knows the girl. <laughs> Harry Dolbon's with Harry the talks to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for chapter four and a half when Harry does a uh, what is that? <laughs> when Harry does a what is that? That the, the Rizonius thing where he becomes the person and it's Austerian. Oh, yeah, it gets a bit creepy, doesn't it? This chapter, I think that's why they needed the dog because. Then they go out into the alleyway and they find out what happens and stuff. 
Yeah. And Harry, you know another thing that bothers me about Fix when doing all these really cool special things? Like, it's a pretty good device that I get from Harry and all this stuff, but I kind of like Clueless Harry. (laughs) And when he's, like, smart and can do all this stuff that not even Hermione can do, I'm kind of a bit like, oh, I don't know about that. Because Hermione, he does that thing where he does something to detect something. And it says yeah, the, that whole du- the, the whole Dumbledore, Nyingalia, Kippa. Yeah, Kippa and if you go there, I'm just like, he met all these, all these guys, all these wizards, all these other country famous people, and learned how to do their things. Yes, yeah, I don't oh. really buy that. He says, I don't Dumbledore think Harry first, stuff. Yeah, it says, Dumbledore first showed me how to do this to detect traces of magic. It has roots in voodoo, really. It comes from coastal Mozambique. Yeah, like, he showed him that in Half-Blood Prince in the cave. Like, I get that, but I just don't get that Harry would have done it. <laughs> I don't think he likes studying enough. Harry's more of a blast-in-there-and-go-for-it kind of guy. Yeah, I kind of agree. Well, and then this comes back again, their characterizations that... But I think it's still cool for the story, though. But could this... You reckon this could be one of those things where it, it's a bit um forensical, really. Mm-hmm. It's a bit CSI. Mm-hmm. Because you know, they they work out all the um, you know so it's one of those things. But I think putting back that magic in takes it back. Uh, you, you know how we're talking about the hospital being too muggly, and I think you know I don't know what I'm saying. But the wizards, the, the wizard have to do CSI too. So I mean, you, how where do you draw the line between this is too muggly and the wizards have to do it too? Oh, I know what I want to talk about dumpsters. Oh yeah. Oh yes, the dumpster. I want to talk about the teddy bear. Okay, let's talk about the teddy bear. So they're going to the dumpster thing, and they open the dumpster, which is apparently padlocked because of the rats, and... (laughs) Can I I just say at this moment, the funniest thing, I'm reading it along and I'm thinking, how can rats be so big? And then I think it's Ron says exactly the same thing, and then they're like, they've had enough of rats and they don't like the rats. I'm just like, what is crazy? Crazy. But the other thing that annoyed me, I just have to say it, dumpster, hate the word, carry on. Tell them why. Tell them because why. Because it's not a dumpster, it's a skip. There's no dumpsters in my world. <laughs> and even, the they, they say in the author notes, yeah, they do. What do they say in the author notes? They use dumpster on purpose because a skip usually doesn't have a lid and they needed this to have a lid. Well, but you know what? There are skips in my country that have lids. There would be skips in Britain that have lids. But you know the, the weirdest thing I was telling Jen this before <laughs> is that I don't actually call them dumpsters or skips because the company around here that uses them, they're all blue and we call them the big blue bin. <laughs> <laughs> so every time there's a dumpster, I'm imagining this neon blue bin because Wait. all the bins around here are bright say it's blue. blue. Wait, so Mine's they see doesn't. Only in my head is it blue. They see a dumpster yep. and yes. Whenever I go to chuck stuff in the dumpster, it just go. It, there's no lid. But see, I need to bring something else up. What? Why do they need a dumpster? I was wondering that. I'm thinking, where does They're the rubbish wizards. go? Anyway, where does They're the rubbish wizards. go? Do they vanish the rubbish? They could. We never hear about that. They don't go about who, saying... Who, who collects the dumpster? Because, I don't know, but around here we've got these dirty great big trucks with these massive metal arms on them and they stick them in the side of the blue bins. 
And they right. beep, and they, beep, 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 beep down the and down they, the, and they turn the dumpster upside down and the lids like fly. Actually, we have one at church with a padlock on it because otherwise people put all our garbage in it. So actually, I have seen one with the padlock on. Anyway, and and they go and they go and they dump it all in the garbage truck. And exactly, like, but if they wouldn't wisdom. have that, why would I they guess do that? The point here is, I think this Kilgraith is supposed to be a mixed town. So they've got the muggle businesses on the same street or other districts of the town or something? I thought Ginny looked around and tapped the bricks to make sure no one could see what she was doing. (gasps) I thought it was hidden. Sorry, I I just killed a spider. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a tarantula? It was huge. It's like as big as my fingernail. I killed it with my art history book, and I have to go watch my art history book. I was hanging out the washing the other day, and I put my fingers in the peg basket, as you do, pick out the pegs, peg it up. And there was like, I, I hate spider webs. They're like the worst thing ever in the world. And I could feel these spider webs on my fingertips when I was picking up the things. And I'm like, oh, I hate this. You know, I'm being all environmental. I haven't bought a dryer. I still peg my clothes out on the washing line. I'm so good. But these spider webs are going to be the death of me. Then the next time I look down, I'm picking out a peg. I got a blue one and a white one. And the next thing I know, there's this spider in my peg basket. But not only that, it's been making a little home there. It's a redback spider, which is a family of black widows. They're like deadly. I could have killed myself hanging out the washing just to save the environment. Get a dryer. Get a dryer. <laughs> so I'm like there, I'm like, oh, ah! And I chuck the pegs away, like all over the ground. And I um, say to Mr. Kerser, I'm like, get the insect spray because... You know, that says it kills spiders. Well, I don't know why they call it insect spray because it kills arachnids. But so he goes inside and he's like, why? What? what? And I'm like, it's a red bag. It's a red bag. The kids are here. And so he has to go inside, get the bug spray, the insect repellent. No, not the repellent. It's the killing stuff. And we're in the backyard killing this poor defenseless little red back spider. And then I felt really bad. And I had to remind myself that it could have bitten me and just been really, it was scary. Teddy bears bite. Teddy bears. No, they don't. What is the deal with this teddy bear? Where did they they found it in the dumpster that we believe that it's not necessary in the wizarding world and it's possibly bright blue? Mm, I don't know. Other than that, it was a comfort item for poor Miss Little Tiny Girl. Yeah, and she's going to be missing the teddy bear. And instead of taking it back to her, they're typical cops who just, like, use it as a piece of evidence. And I felt so bad for her because she's stuck with Ginny, who's, like, pouring her heart out to her when she's unconscious, which I just want to talk about for a sec. I think that's in the next chapter, chapter five. Yeah, chapter five. It's, like, the only thing that happens in chapter five. Well, I actually really liked the way that it was written. No, it was written very well. It's, like, the only thing that happened, though. Yeah. All the stuff that Ginny says, you know, and then he'd whisper into my hair and make me laugh and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, that's so romantic. And then I thought that it was a bit strange. Mark goes off at her about it, which I thought was a little bit weird because she's just some piece of evidence. You when you think like that little girl and yeah, he's, he's very protective. The very last yeah. that happens in that chapter is that he walks out. They, I think they both walk out. And then the little girl says, Daddy. Yeah, but she's just been attacked in, with her daddy and her daddy was protecting her, the mother and awesome. the father. Right. So she just wants so, her daddy. You want yours? She just wants her daddy. But I thought Mark was very, like, is she American? Is their family American? Maybe it's the... I'm wondering if they're related, if they're relatives. It's possible. That'd be very Maybe interesting. Sounds like it, daddy or something, you know. Wouldn't it be interesting? Of course, read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
he has a very unhealthy interest in what's going on with her, I think. It just bothers me. Yeah, because she's just this little kid. I think, you know, you've got this aura and he's mean to Ginny. He's really mean to Ginny. And then Harry's mean to him and he's (laughs) A-cubed. And then he's like, really, Ginny's just talking to this unconscious kid and he slams her for talking to her about, you know, what is it, using her as a therapist or whatever. Because Ginny yeah. talks about how much she misses Harry and how much she hates him but loves him but misses him. And, oh, you know, it's so full. Of, and I can – but isn't she just some little girl that he's like a case to him? Which like I think he's getting a bit emotionally involved, I think. I don't yeah. think he can be a or something because he's with this old coven thing in him. You reckon yeah. there's something yeah. there's something personal going on with it? Yeah. I reckon it has to be because he's just too much – yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I really like the way that that was written. When Jenny's describing Harry, the way he'd sing in the shower with this awful voice of his at the top of his lungs, but it was such a happy sound and I couldn't bear to tell him he was tone deaf. The way he always knew when to take my hand when I was lonely. He'd kiss my wrist and hold it to the side of his face and look deep into my eyes, making me feel so loved, so safe. I like the way that she's building this relationship between yeah, them. I just because miss Harry, him. Because in the previous chapters, when Harry's stalking her, he just wants to see her and you can almost feel the longing that he has for her as he's watching her. And then you can hear Ginny's longing and you just it's like, well, just get back together then. You both want each other. And then Susan is just so mean about Harry. She hates him and it's like, why? You know? And it's just, she stops them from getting back together. That's what it is. She's She says mean things about him and Ginny's well, believing her. Maybe Harry's going to hurt her again. Like Tragedy thing. With Frenchie over there. You know? I mean, what would you yeah. do? Have we seen Frenchie yet? Has she? She's only yeah, been chapter mentioned. Four. But did she come in, or did she just mention? I don't think we've seen her in person yet. Mm. I thought we've she just heard Ginny's description. Did she? I don't know. Oh, you know what I liked about that when they're on the train and the kids are all looking in the window, and Harry misses up the window so they can't see him because he gets fed up with it. And Ron's like, "Oh, let them have their fun. We're a national treasure. We are." <laughs> I thought that was really <laughs> I'm cool. So cute in this. I love Ron in this because he also like Tonks wants him to go to the infirmary. After they've done that spell casting in the alley and stuff, and, and Ron puts his arm around Harry and goes, "Let me tell you about the infirmary." So, because <laughs> Harry's never been there, <laughs> I actually really like Ron in this fic because you know how we were talking about overprotective Ron, and he's not overprotective. He's actually just really cool, except for the fact when he orders fish and chips, which is not a manly enough meal for Ron. <laughs> no, in my head, I saw him with a big sandwich. You know, something no, big and we already big and yeah, we already big, did that. A big handful of something. <laughs> Okay, we pretty much just talked about Chapter 5. Yeah. We did. Yes, we did. What is Chapter 6? What What does it mean, where did the Karos and the Axley come from? Aren't they Death Eaters? Yeah, but they just 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 come right out of nowhere. It's like we don't know anything about it, and then all of a sudden Tonks is like saying, well, Karos and Axley are coming in and out of Edinburgh every Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Well, because this fic is from before Deathly Hallows, so we didn't really know who they were. Because I know it said, it says Caro's, like it's one person called Caro's and not a brother and sister. Because you didn't no, know. No, but I just meant they're talking about Death Eaters earlier. Oh, but well, then, she was probably just coming up with Death Eaters' names. Yeah, because it's and didn't want to Death use Eaters, the, like, we know the names the cliche, for. Malfoy and not, so she decided to use the new ones we got in book six. Oh, and the other thing, because we didn't read the notes. If I read the euphemism, Shrinking Violet, one more time, I'm going to barf. Okay. <laughs> and what a two- bit like explored his mouth. 
like in the last two or three chapters, I read Shrinking Violet. Ginny is no Shrinking Violet. Okay, we've got that. She's like Super Ginny, Chief Resident Master Healer, badass Ginny. You know, I can stay awake for 15 days straight and heal trauma victims, you know, until I pass out dead. But I'm no shrinking violet. Good for you, Ginny. Good for you. Okay. We've established that. She's an expanding violet instead. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We've now concluded Chapter 5, and we are now moving on to Chapter 6. So, which we already talked about. Because we talked about the death. Great the nights. Someone read the notes. Scott, Jen, Scott, Okay, it starts with Peanut sat on a railway track, which sounds like it must be a song or something. Oh, wait a minute. Peanut sat on a railway track. Top was all a flutter. Train came rolling down the track. Toot, 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 peanut butter. But it's not that. It's characters on the train. Yes. And we have Jen's point about where the names come from that we just did. And we find out that Charlie's dead. And Hagrid still loves his deadly animals. And apparently wizards all watched Pup the Magic Dragon. I don't know where you're getting that from. Yeah, I don't know either. You didn't read that? Puff the Magic Dragon. No, but you didn't read that? Okay, keep going. And frolic. I'm sure you'll tell us. Lucy the Diplotract is scary cool. That would be the massive animal. that The Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. And, oh yes, Slughorn is going to retire. Yes, gets to talk about that. Because Harry's apparently getting the job. I don't know why, but yay. And Hermione gets to run around the potions lab. Yay, Hermione. All right. Can we talk about where P.S. was confused and alarmed and shocked and says, Go right ahead. What business has he got? Why is he teaching dark arts? Why is he teaching the defense job? I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. And I was I thought the same thing. And I was like... Because maybe they just had the name Slughorn as a new teacher and hadn't actually read the whole... Who no, it was, was after they had the Half-Blood Prince book. I mean, she couldn't have just been like... He was never the defense teacher. Right. I mean, oh. we thought he was until he fooled us because Maybe when we were reading... Harry, was yeah, Harry thought he would be the defense Right. Man. And so did maybe, I. But maybe she just did it because Maybe she, she wrote the story while she was halfway through the book. <laughs> I don't well, but know. Maybe, but maybe she just needed Hermione to be the potions. So it's like, let's trade jobs. Yeah, but the whole Slughorn not being Potions Master, that bothered me. It was confusing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could go on and on for hours and hours. But, I mean, like, I don't know if it was so much the fact that he was doing a different job that bothered me because I thought I think it might be interesting to see him try a different job. But it just kind of confused me that there was no explanation for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there could have been because I know Minerva says, like, we've had him as defense teacher for 10 years and it's like proving the curse is broken. But she could have had some comment to explain the switch. I mean, like after he switched from potions or something so that it makes more sense. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just confused. Like, it's like you're right. You are confused. And you think like, well, did she read Half-Blood Prince? Did she read half of Half-Blood Prince? Maybe she didn't have it. We're almost done. We are. I want to know about Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking confused. for it right I now. Found that I was scrolling through. I guess I missed that. Oh, right here, right here. They're talking about the Diplotract, and after Hagrid pulls his umbrella and casts the Aguamenti, 
and Lucy turns into a squirrel or happy Lucy or whatever she is. In near rapture, the Diplotrack wrapped its long neck over Hagrid's shoulders and snorted happily. Puff the magic dragon, it ain't, muttered Harry, to which Ron retorted, makes you wish for Norbert, doesn't it? That yeah, but made... Harry is muggle. Harry was raised muggle. He wouldn't know Puff. But no, Ron, he wouldn't. Why wouldn't Why he? Why not? Everybody he? knows Puff. He didn't get to watch TV. It's I a poem. You know, yeah, it's a song. They probably sang it in kindergarten. I learned it at school and stuff. Well, I only learned it because it was on TV. <laughs> it was it's, a movie. It's literature. It's literature. I only I saw the movie before I went to bed. I never I knew it was a poem. The magic dragon lived well, yeah. by the sea well, and frolicked yeah. well, yeah. in the midst of a land called Honolulu. <laughs> little Jackie Paper love that rascal puff. <laughs> yeah, raw tape strings and ceiling wax and other fancy stuff. I guess I just didn't expect for Ron to know who Puff the Magic Dragon was. Well, he well, I don't think Ron has to. He doesn't to. know who it is. Harry did. And then he's, Ron he's just, just said just making a similar Robert. sarcastic comment. Right. Yeah. I mean, Ron could have been like, what the hell is Puff the Magic Dragon in his mind, but he's not going to ask and feel stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I still don't know. It's a little odd. It's Puff a movie. Not to my knowledge. Yes, it is. I've seen it. It's a song. No, you're thinking of Pete's Dragon. No. I'm thinking of a song. It's a song. I have gone to Wiki. It is a song written by Leonard Lipton and Peter Yarrow. And it's ooh, been on TV. TV. He sounds like a Death Eater, doesn't he? Peter Yarrow. It's cross between Yaxley and Carol. It's yeah, cross I- between Yaxley and Carol. It's their love child, Peter Yarrow. And they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make a disclaimer and apologize. the episode. <laughs> made popular by the group Peter, Paul and Mary in 1963 recording. This song is so well known that it has entered American and British pop culture. So Harry wouldn't. Then there had to have been a cartoon or something at some. 1978 cartoon film, Puff the Magic Dragon, adapts. That's what I'm talking about. I never knew about that. A 2007 book adaptation of the song's lyrics by Yarrow Lipton and illustrator Eric, somebody, gives the story a happier ending with a young girl seeking out Puff to become his new companion. Yeah, it always depressed me ending the way it did. Oh, there you go. The song is believed to refer to smoking joints. See, that's like going back to what I thought about the first chapter. You know, links to this story so well. I don't Um, believe it's about. Due to references to paper, puff, blah, 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 traveling along the cherry lane, la, 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 la. The 60s, being what they were, any song based on oblique or allegorical lyrics was subject to reinterpretation as jock song. So, yeah. As Peter Yarrow has demonstrated in countless concert performances, any song, even the Star Spangled Banner, can be reinterpreted as a drug song. I would like to hear that. <laughs> it's like, well, you could be like, Spangled Banner, oh, sick. Oh, the dawn's early. Like, what's that got to do with drugs? But so proudly um, we hail. Oh, when you're doing drugs, you can't see? I don't know. I don't know either. And this has nothing to do with a fic. No, it really doesn't. But that's okay. <laughs> See, this is like they, they play the national anthem when the radio goes off. We can sing the national anthem when the podcast goes off. All right, what were we talking about? What I went on that into? Um, talking about Slug- chapter six. Chapter six, where Slughorn is the, the wrong parts. picture. We talked about Horace and the puff. So 
Percy oh, yeah, Charlie. Charlie. Was saying Charlie. Yeah. I was, it was interesting Charlie. that it was Charlie because it's always Percy, so I'm kind of glad that it was a different one because poor Percy always gets killed. Yeah. And yeah. I think that removes a lot of the story. If you, if you remove Percy, you can't get to, like, because Percy could then get back together with the family and there's create a whole storyline, or he could, like, still be estranged and they could create a whole storyline. If you kill him off, you're killing off this potential storyline. You, you kill off Charlie. I mean, Charlie. Who's Charlie? You know, I mean, he's, like, he's never Charlie there. loves his dragons. It's he's probably on stuff. Magic dragon. <laughs> 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 there you go, Diane. Uh. And I'm not even drunk or tired. <laughs> you could keep going all night. We can have Kesset. It's only one thirty in the afternoon, and <laughs> well, it's I'm not midnight. Drunk or any midnight here? So. Or <laughs> let's well, it's midnight. Her. It's midnight here. Mister Going is ready to murder me. So I am ready to murder myself. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we should finish up the episode then with saying where we think it's going to go and what we'd be interested to find out more about. I think I'm too sleepy should. to not say a spoiler. Definitely what the connection is between Mark and this coven thing, because there seems to be something more there than he's just the cop on the case. Yeah, uh, he seems really emotionally invested in it, doesn't he? I think there's more there too. Bad cops, so I'd really messes. like to know what the coven is. Yeah, I would love someone to explain it. So when we let the hosts back on the podcast, if any of them have any insight, (laughs) that'd be great. They should send a voicemail. They should send us a voicemail. Chi, if you're out there, Chi, Mm -hmm. we would like to know, because you haven't participated in this episode yet, apart from being not here, send us a voicemail and tell us what the Coven of Echoes is. I think that would be good. And if you, I think she will know. I think Chi will know. I think she will know. And forest taught defense. Also, send my phone is ringing. Oh yes. <laughs> that if was anyone knows why Horace Slughorn would switch to defense, send us a voicemail. And because I'm channeling Richard right now, and I love Harry and Ginny, I need more Harry Ginny. <laughs> what did you say? Sorry, I missed that. I said I'm channeling Richard, and because I love Harry Ginny, my feeble male mind. Needs more Harry and Ginny together. I think your oh. channeling is going wrong Some somewhere. Interaction. Yeah. Not this skulking. You can find out moaning, where the whole misunderstanding thing goes. Do you think that we are going to get some actual? Do you think it will be resolved by the end of the fic? Most likely. I get back together. Seeing as it's on a Harry Ginny fanfic and fan art archive, and, I'm guessing. And do you think that will meet? This Tamsin person? Like, will Ginny get to scratch her eyes out? I hope. I am looking forward to that. <laughs> maybe, maybe best get the Wonder Cat. We'll scratch her eyes out for Ginny. Oh, yeah. It would literally 20... be a cat fight because it would be between an actual cat and someone who reminds us of Catwoman. <laughs> because she's dressed like Catwoman and looks like Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got she looks like Lady Heather. <laughs> what have you got, Jen? I've got 20 bucks on Best at the Winter Cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and Susan? Now taking bets. <laughs> Send in voicemails if you can. A prediction about Susan. She's so nice, it's suspicious. Ooh, we are suspicious of Susan. Yes, we are. We're suspicious of Susan. We're suspicious of Mark. We're suspicious of McGonagall putting Slughorn as a defense against the Dark Arts teacher. 
We're suspicious of everyone. Everybody in this story is not Ron. Ron's straight talking. He's a national treasure. And straight talking, fish and tips, eating national treasure. Who's Harry, not overprotective. And Harry, and Harry is a super or and Jenny is super Jenny. But Harry everyone else. Mm-hmm. Harry is in sexy leather. And Jen should send us a voicemail about that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Be so. suspicious of the medical interns because they've never said anything yet. All that. <laughs> They're peons. They'll take over. Mm-hmm. They're just peons. They're going to take over. That's Watch right. out for the natural order of things. Peons take That's over. Right. It's like a cycle. It's death and rebirth and peons and hosts. We can't help it. Mm-hmm. It happens sometimes. Yep. We should make them do a peon cast. No. We should. It would take forever. They talk a lot. Give, they do. Make imagine. them do a one shot and make them keep it to twenty minutes. <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like I don't know what it would be like, but it'll be fun. <laughs> All right, let's sign off. Yeah. All right. Okay, so everybody, what, what's covered next week? What chapter? So all the lovely people out there in Listener Land know what to read. Some more chapters. Some more. Read yeah, the next read, bit. Seven. Go, or, go on the forums and find out, some, and then while you're there, join the forums because. When you're on the because forums, awesome. you can learn about things. And I and think it's seven through thirteen. Yeah, right, I was going to say. I think that sounds about right. For the for the lazy yeah. cheaters, it's seven through. Yeah, but go to the forums anyway. Yeah, you get to make drabbles. We have put the sticks down. You are welcome at the forums to come mm-hmm. and join us. There you go. That's being welcoming, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh sure. And we won't break your kneecaps like Ryan. No, no, we will just love you. We're much nicer people. (laughs) (laughs) We just made tabs and into Catwoman and (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. And we We called Ron and Harry Peanuts. (laughs) But we'll go and really tired. This will be the peons, relinquishing control and back to the host. Signing off. Good night everybody. Bye bye. Bye. We'll just be glad the four track was broke that day Because you grabbed a guitar and I heard you say That the top of the pops better get ready For the new hit single from the Weasler goes from Hey, Polyfic Weekly. This is Ryan. I just want to say love the podcast. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, my friends Jen and Chi and I were, you know, sitting back discussing this week's episode, and we wanted to chime in to answer some of the questions that you had. Uh, first of all, uh, the Coven of Echoes. We do know what it is, but due to Polyfic Weekly Regulation 104-A, we're unable to tell you what it is as we're only up to Chapter 6. We're not supposed to know what it is yet, but we do know, and, and, and we will tell you, but, you know, but later, later. And uh, the second question, Horace Slughorn and being the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, uh, you know, P.S. seemed to have some confusion with that. We thought it was pretty clear from our reading, but maybe P.S. Uh, skimmed and, 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 and missed it. Um, what actually happened was that or- Horace Slughorn was fired for gross incompetence and filed a grievance against McGonagall, and the only position she had left as part of the... Uh, part of the plea bargain was to give him defense against the dark arts, figuring he'd only stay for like a year and that didn't really work out for Minerva, but just want to uh, chime in with that. Again, love the show. Think you're doing a great job and uh, talk to you soon. And now 
a word from our peons. You know what I got for my birthday today? Doc, I cannot tell you. It is a secret. It's the what? best present ever. Was it Harry and no. Jenny? <laughs> it was the A&E version of Pride and Prejudice. The old one with Jennifer Earl and Colin Firth. What's an A&E version? For you, it would have been BBC. Oh. For us, it was played on arts and entertainment. It's a network that's here oh. that plays decent stuff. Except when they're playing the thing about the bounty hunter. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, no. Don't say that. <laughs> no. I love Dog the Bounty Hunter. You can't love Dog the Bounty Hunter. He's awful. He's got a mullet. So? That's awesome. Wait, I'm not, hey, we're not going to go on an anti-me thing. So don't start teaming up his on His wife. Me. Have you seen his wife? Yeah, she's got. No. <laughs> I want to see his wife. Hang on. The guy's got a chubby wife with huge things. Oh my god! Did you finally and find her? P.S. It's just I just I just found her. Oh my! Oh my <laughs> lord! She's 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 it's like Dolly Parton. I mean, that must be her. I mean, I'm, it has to be. I'm sorry, poor dog. Here we shouldn't be making fun of him. We'll probably get a lawsuit. I'm sure he listens to the podcast. <laughs> hey, we can have goals. I, I thought our goal was, was awesome. J.K. Rowling. So now our, our goal is talking. <laughs> okay, all right. You're the one that started this. Which I didn't get to finish because you guys just Welcome back to Peoncast. I'm Jen 2. I'm Kizza. I'm P.S. I'm Richard. And that guy over there is Mike. Maybe we should explain. Mike was a dedicated peon and he was setting up for the podcast. He says, hi, PFW. The poor deer knocked over his computer and separated the monitor from the rest of it. Now, you may be thinking, what's wrong? All computer monitors are separated from the computer. Mike has a laptop, so he won't be joining us this week. A great pity, indeed. What we really did, people, we stuck him in the corner and we duct taped his mouth. (laughs) We gave him a notepad and we're now allowing him to write us notes. And we will be reading them periodically. It's our way of controlling the conversation. Though really, it could have been Richard. I mean... Wait, what? What? I was just thinking about uh, how in the world he kicked the top off of his laptop and I heard it could have been me. I was like, how the hell would I do that? That's just crazy. But Okay, let's talk about the fic. This yes. week's fic is Willpower 3, Understanding by Tree Tree. It is a Harry Jenny fic, of course, because guess what? <sighs> Gen 2 picked I it. I picked it. Because you guys hate me. And I ship Harry Jenny. There is no other couple to ship. It is the ship of champions. <laughs> the only one that sails on my water. <laughs> now that I've established that, where's Keza? I'm right here. One of the very first reasons I picked this is because before I loved Harry, I loved Jane Austen. <laughs> and before I loved Jane, sweet Janie, I loved Bill. So all three of them are all wrapped up in this neat, tiny little package. So I have William Shakespeare. <laughs> I have Sonnet 116. I've got Marianne and Willoughby. I've got Sense and Sensibility. I've got Harry Jenny. It couldn't be better. That's just everything you want, isn't it, Jen? <sighs> I highlighted something that I liked. I liked the, the beginning when Ginny's by herself and she's upset. There's this little memory of she and Molly when she was a kid. And I, I really like it when stories include the mother-daughter relationship between Ginny and Molly because I feel like a lot of them, they don't really have a good relationship. But I like it when it shows them getting along. 
because you usually just see Molly's interactions with her son. I really dislike fix where they show that Molly and Ginny don't get along. I find it annoying and quite unbelievable, actually. Just I don't know where they get it from, why they would think that Molly and Ginny would not have a good relationship. I don't. I think they barely interact in the books. We see Molly talking to Harry and to Ron, but I, I don't think Ginny is really in those scenes or she doesn't really say much. I don't think it has to follow that they don't get on. I feel like when you're a teenage girl, you often don't get along with your mum. And so I kind of feel... <sighs> Maybe it's because I've read too many fics by teenage girls who write Molly that way. I don't know. That she's some kind of dragon woman that stops Ginny from being her own person and from doing anything. And I just don't think that Molly would stop any of her kids from being their own person. I mean, she's raising Fred and George, you know. You can't stop them. I think that she has a real respect for the people that her children are. And I don't see her as being overly controlling or disapproving of of who Ginny is. I agree with that. I mean, she doesn't want them to get hurt. And she doesn't want them to go into harm's way before they're ready. And that's made clear in the books. Mm. But I don't believe that she's any less attentive to Jenny than she is to any of her boys. I would agree. I think it's just got less FaceTime than the other relationships do because it's not really central to what's actually going on. But, I mean, you can assume that it's it's healthy based upon their other interactions that they show. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And I highlighted that, too. And that's exactly what I thought when I read it. I loved the bit where he sent the note that he needs her. I was just like, oh, that was just the way that was written. I just liked that the note. It's so short and everything. But then when they're talking, and I'll just read this bit out to you. Ginny, you know you did the right thing, running to Bill and leaving yourself exposed only would have meant you both got hurt. It's hard fighting next to people you love, even if it's reassuring to know that they have your back because you're terrified for their safety. It means you might have to ignore their distress when fighting. One false move, one crucial distraction and you're dead. War is ugly and it puts people in impossible situations. And then Ginny thinks he's been through this more times than I care to count. No wonder he knew just what to say. And I I understand the sentiment there, but they just sound too eloquent. It really pulled me out of the fic. I didn't think that Harry would sound like that. I think I noticed that And that he would know what to say. I didn't think he would know what to say. Yeah. There, there was just something off about it to me, and I wasn't quite sure. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and I guess that was probably I would it. agree with that. Like, I think it's a fair point, like what he said, but it sounds too rehearsed mm-hmm. and Harry going, you know, I think, he, you know, you know, you did the right thing, Ginny, because you would have just got hurt if you'd gone to Bill, and it's really hard. And, and then given an anecdote of that time when they are on the chessboard, Hermione wanted to run to Ron, and he's like, no, you have to stay because we're still playing. So he does yeah. understand how hard it is, but I didn't think that he would say it in that way. I thought that he would use more of himself to describe it. Right. So I just, I just found that really pulled me out because it didn't sound like Harry. Yeah. There were some things that Jenny said that I thought were mature. Oh, dearest. dearest. She calls him yes. dearest. And I'm just like, who? what 15-year-old calls him you know, dearest? No, that's something that my parents yeah, that, do. I was thinking, well, that's very <laughs> you know, that, Molly Arthur-ish. You yeah. Know, and they, they've been in this close relationship for a few weeks now. I don't think they're quite to dearest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that, that one was like, oh, right. She sounds like a 50-year-old woman, you know. <laughs> she's 15. It's ha- it's at ha- end of Half-Bud Prince, so she's 15, and I just I found that. So I like the, the uh, premise of the fic, but I don't feel that it was delivered as well as it, it perhaps could have. That's not to say 
I think it's all rubbish. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm not I'm hearing that from you. I oh, good. <laughs> I did think that they were speaking a bit over their heads. I I did like the whole. Um, I guess this was the premise, but it was just Ginny was thinking about Bill because I mean, it never occurred to me that, as she says here, that she could have seen it happen and that it really bothered her. I mean, I know it was her brother, so of course she was upset. But yeah, I highlighted that actually, where it says, "I kept fighting my death eater while I could hear Bill's screams. I will never forget that." sound, it felt as if I was being selfish, choosing myself over Bill, rather than trying to help him get away from Grayback. So, I didn't really think about it that way either. Was Bill on the stairwell? The yes, because when Harry comes down the stairs, yes. he steps over Bill's body, and he's like, I hope whoever that is isn't dead. Right. I'm, I'm oh, sure... No, it was Bill, because I think he and Ginny are walking away. He says, I stepped over somebody who was it, and she says it was Bill, but he's not dead. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I, I knew Ginny was there, Because he sees but, the blood. Uh, and I remember him stepping over that body and the, I remember because the thing that grabs me he slips right. in someone's blood and that always just gets me and I knew Ginny was there because he gets the Death Eater off her before he you know keeps going after Snape but I never really managed to figure out that that body that he stepped over was Bill's I didn't really get that I liked what the writer was saying but it was hard to believe that Jenny would say it because I felt like it would be something that I would say to someone in the Ravenclaw <laughs> common room <laughs> What's this? Later on, after she starts realizing that he's the chosen one and that she knows that he's going to leave, she says something really level-headed. What's happening in the world affects us but doesn't define us. And she gestured between the two of them to indicate that she meant them as a couple, not as individuals. What we choose to do, where we go, no matter what we have to do by ourselves, it's just what life might have to be for a while, but it doesn't change you and me, how we feel, what we want. She trailed off when she saw something she could not place flicker in his eyes. And then later on, when you go back in the fic and you look at the author's notes, she parallels it to people who are fighting in Iraq and how important it is to have people who support you and to keep the home fires burning and how Jenny understands, you know, what Harry's about to go off and do. She knew that it was going to involve getting rid of Voldemort and she knew it was going to be dangerous and she knew she might not see him. But I'm not sure she would be so, well, you're not, a, you know, no, I definitely when I finished Half-Blood Prince, I really expected her to try to tag along in Death of the Hallows, and I was really surprised right. when she was just like, okay, bye, you know, here's a, ki- here's a kiss in case you die. I mean... <laughs> 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 and then as much as I've snarked up a lot of their dialogue in this story, hmm. and Jenny starts to talk about her feelings for Harry, and she says, and what would it do to him if, if he thought I was so fickle with the horrors he was facing? She knew that for his own peace of mind, he needed to know that wherever she was, fighting or not, she was loving him, waiting for him, supporting him. There was no other choice to make because her love for him was unwavering. That's when I start my squee fest. Because... <laughs> At that point, I think that that's where the author starts to get it right for Harry and Jenny's relationship. Whether or not she got it right for me in the dialogue, whether they were too mature or out of character. To me, she really captured how Jenny felt about Harry and how he felt about her. Yeah. And then that's where it just gets me with the whole Shakespeare sonnet. Then I start getting all, you know, teary and all love, love, you know. But oh, it is an ever-fixed mark. And it bears it out <laughs> even to the edge of doom. Her love for him is unwavering and unconditional. And it doesn't matter what he goes off and what he's going to do. She's going to always, always love him until the day that she dies. And then 
of course. I just sit here and, you know, revel in my whole Marianne Willoughby, William Shakespeare. <laughs> I, mean, I can't I can't really contribute to that. <laughs> I don't know who Marianne and Willoughby are. <sighs> P.S. <laughs> Sorry. We did Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Give me an occupation, Miss Dashwood, or I shall run mad. Do you have to watch? Just, just at least watch the movie. Not Alan Rickman. Don't worry. Just at least watch the movie. I think I have watched it. I've I have watched it. If it's the one with Alan. Well, Alan Rickman. I have watched it. Yeah. And really, I only liked it because the whole thing, I was just imagining parts of Sense and Sensibility, and I had Alan Brickman on the brain the entire time. So really, it was just a whole Alan Brickman <laughs> sweet fest, so that's why I picked it. <laughs> so actually, it's got nothing to do with Harry no. and Jimmy at all. It's just about Alan Rickman. No. I shall go mad. <laughs> Please give me an occupation. <laughs> so that's... Oh, I don't know what you guys are talking that's about. That's all for this week. <laughs> we need to enter... <laughs> We need to interject real quick. Um, I hope you guys don't mind me taking it to a slightly oh juvenile and perhaps perverted direction. <laughs> but here before the five asterisks, is it safe to say that they went that route or that they just, they oh, just hey, they didn't actually? You, yeah. I don't think they did. Actually, I too, though, because I mean, she hoped that they would have time in the future to, to achieve even further intimacy. So I don't think they went all the way, no. No, I don't think they did either. I think they oh, probably said just too. short of. It says that they... Um, <sighs> I'm thinking, well, I'm not even going to be that crude, but I, th- I think a lot of interesting things probably happened here, but being that it's a PG, what, what rating is this, Vic? PG-13. They couldn't go too into detail of it, but I think Creechy or whatever, however you say the author's name, needs to post a uh, NC-17 <laughs> version over on the Quidditch page. That's just my recommendation. <laughs> I think it could go either way. I'm almost embarrassed to say that my my feeble male mind. (laughs) Feeble male mind. My feeble male mind wanted them to shag. No, hang on. Wait. The the point I was going to make is the only part that I really, the first thing I thought about when I finished this story was like, hey, I wonder if they actually, you know, did the deed. But I mean, it's not really that important as far as the story goes. It's just the first thing I thought of. And I guess I'm crazy like that. I don't think they did. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's what unless, I'm saying to Richard. Unless there are people out there doing things that I don't know all about. the way. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, if there's like a way the further to go that I'm going, I'd like to know about it. Well, there's actually books in your local <laughs> bookstore that will tell you Maybe are planning to check those out. <laughs> Contact Richard by PM. He will give you the links. <laughs> Nor is the earth the less or loseth aught. For whatsoever from one place doth fall is with the tide unto another broad. For there is nothing lost that may be found if sought. Um, Mike, would you like to hold up a note and tell us that there's something you'd like to say about this fic? We might wait for Mike to scribble, 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 scribble. He's got his quill out. (laughs) Nah, you guys did a great job. I am in awe of your analytical ability. Hey! Yay! He <laughs> has nothing else to say. Poor Mike. Wow, he's a fast writer. I wasn't being sarcastic Lovely. even Stash. LOL. Look at the grin on his face. <laughs> Keza is cooler than a three-legged Sometimes octopus. he still amazes me, though. That's just, what Mike says. Wait, octopuses just, don't have... That's just stupid. It is stupid, isn't it, Richard? <laughs> yeah, but 
waiting to say that, haven't you? Stupid. You guys can't do it. Only she can do it. Stupid. Do you know what I've had on my brain for the last week? I am serious. I have done nothing we were making up. but sing that stupid peanut song. We're making it a point to not go off on this tangent. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I'm like trying to do it Keza style. Peanuts on a railway truck. <laughs> I know that I thought <laughs> I do not sound like that. It's hot with all the fatah. <laughs> now you're just mocking me. I'm not mocking you. This has been a very productive conversation about willpower three understanding by tree tree which and it's got two before it, we should say that. I think number two is a bit naughtier. Watch Richard go to read that. Richard. Richard, hey. you don't even like this ship. Why do you want to read <laughs> Richard's it? Richard's gone there. <laughs> FC, P.S. When it comes to smut, and you, it, takes, it takes on a whole different level. He says, says up, So this time, willpower involved them keeping on some of their clothing. See, willpower number two. Obviously, the willpower here was not about keeping their hands off each other. It was about letting Jenny letting him go. It's willpower because they have to, you know, Harry has to have the willpower to, to she go. She has to have the willpower to, to let him leave. Stay tuned for part four, Richard. He doesn't take yeah. the last piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next week we are doing Maps to the Stars Homes by Lisby, and it is fantastic. I love it. I'm look- looking forward to it. It is <laughs> the only Harry Ginny fic that I actually liked. And I was surprised that you picked a Harry Ginny fic, so I'm looking forward to reviewing it. So for tonight, I will sign off. <laughs> I am Gen 2. I'm P.S. I'm Keza. I'm Richard. And that guy over there is Mike. And we all say goodbye. Bye. Bye, says Mike. Bye. Bye.